painting night haunt for midwest meltdown because chat gang more tarks need to play death i agree i agree and thank you and uh david for both supporting me uh, uh via patreon there grim slacker showing up good evening my friend and uh i am of course the magical mr mephisto this is episode 40 of Rantcast. we're gonna We've got a, a pretty good show, I think, tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about Nurgle. Uh, that's actually going to lead us into a discussion on some heavier issues. Uh, this kind of... If you watched Rantcast 19 uh, with Al Dr. Alex Bailona, as we talked about, like, sort of the psychology of Sigmar, and Nurgle, we actually mapped to depression, like, as far as basic human emotions. And just sort of... Yep. Separate from that, Paul, you were you and I were having a conversation that you you actually take it a step further, and you think he goes. Well, I, I won't I won't paraphrase you. I got you on the show. What was your uh, what was your sort of characterization of Nurgle? Um, I'm trying to remember what I even said now. But I think you basically went a step further and said that he's not just depression, but bipolar depression. And, uh, and yeah, then we, and then we got yeah. sharing some stories about like some of your struggles and some of my struggles with my mom, who of course, uh, I mean, they've gone around on the on the definitions. Uh, in the '90s, it was it was manic depression. They switched to bipolar. I think they've got, called it bipolar depression. Now they come around to, yeah, it's bipolar depression. I think now is the accepted term, but it's it's yeah. So so we're gonna we're gonna get into that, but but before we get into any of that, we're gonna come in with the hot with the hot topics. Two two of your shows that actually really resonated with me um were were the uh tournament meta uh you did and then the path to glory but of course i guess i need to introduce my guest if you don't know him he is the like the most warhammer like he has the most warhammer weekly guest appearances he's had a channel over on youtube for over four years i have the illustrious paul conti uh joining me here from radio free what's up nerd? <laughs> there it is we got <laughs> we got the, uh, the whole plug in yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting. On, I'm still waiting on uh, episode number ten with Warhammer Weekly. I'm I've got to nine. Um, I did get a, a tenth invite, but I wasn't able to do that day. So. I think I took that slot. I think that was my first slot on Warhammer Weekly. Uh, might have been. <laughs> like I like it had the it smacked if somebody had to, had canceled and Vince like pulled me out like off the bench last minute. <laughs> well ultimately like that's how i've been on warhammer weekly so many times it's like like i just chat with vince and tom all the time and it's like if they have somebody bail last minute they're like oh let's have paul on yeah 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 i mean it's it's weird we, we had a little pre-show discussion but like you really do carry yourself really like jovially really like you've got a lot of energy like i'm just like uh looking at this like episode the uh you know you the what is it uh local meta versus tournament meta why the stats don't matter that is like if you just write that as a twitter post you're just gonna piss off everybody <laughs> like, oh my god yeah when, and, when i tweeted out the link to that i like i think i triggered llv without him even reading like watching the video yeah like he just read the yeah. tweet and he was like starting to respond oh, like I'm sure he sees red, and then, but then like you click on the video, so like mission accomplished, you know, hot, like uh, good at internet algorithms with the clickbait, like, and then you watch it and you actually like it was the I like you you just like have this like really kind of elegant, nice, chill way of bringing across your point, and uh, honestly, man, respect, respect. So uh, I'm gonna start with a hard question right now, though. Radio Radio Free Hammerhall is that a PKD reference? 
Uh, that is... Philip K. Dick. Uh, no, that is just going back to... Um, I I had heard, like, Radio Free Blank as a name for radio stations in the past. Right. And then I dug down into, like, the history of it and where it came from. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally Radio Free Europe, which was broadcasting, like, anti-communist propaganda into... Uh, Eastern Europe during the Cold War. And I was like, that is the perfect double meaning that I have on my channel. I was like, yep, I'm going there. It sounds cool. It's uh, It's got historical backing to it. It's got two or three different meanings you can take away from it. Um, and I just kind of love trolling people like that. So, yeah, it's, it's that, that, it double, well. that double entendre, right? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, man, I see, I thought we were going to, like, resonate over how much we both love Philip K. Dick and, and uh, Radio Free Album Youth and... Nah, alright. Um, but still, it is valid. Like, the actual book uh, touches on, basically, the historical significance of, like, Radio Free Europe. It's, like, all about, like, you know, the evils of, basically, propaganda, paranoia, and opportunism, like, coming from, like, the top yep. down and... It's it's a really cool book though if if you love like uh, sort of like weird gamer sci fi like <laughs> uh, it's yeah. it's worth checking out chat gang that's that's to you PKD yeah. uh, of course you know famous for do androids dream of electric sheep which which then became uh, uh, what's it called man why am I blanking on this uh, blade blade runner so so like he's really a cerebral philosophical uh really hated nixon and it comes through in a lot of his books <laughs> like, <laughs> um so so check him out he's pretty good um but yeah so so like i kind of mentioned at the onset you've actually been running uh radio free hammer hall for about four years and you've covered tons of topics i might i, I might be so bold as to say you're the original rant cast <laughs> i mean i have done a lot of ranting on my channel yeah. um i i don't hold a lot back mm-hmm. uh, like i just I, I i have opinions i'm not afraid to just say what my opinion is um and i run with it and have fun yeah yeah the whole point of my channel to begin with was just like i had originally started doing like math hammer when Age of Sigmar first dropped because it was so easy with like the like the hit roll and the wound roll not being like that modifiable by your opponent on like like the nonsense that eighth edition was. So it was like, oh, I can math out what these units do. So I started doing a bunch of math and I'm like, oh, like doing YouTube channels is cool. So I figured might as well just put this on the internet. And yeah, then I just started doing other stuff after that. And I don't do much math hammer at, at all anymore. Um, I feel like I've kind of like beaten that to death. Yeah. But... Well, like I, I'd actually say it's like a raid boss that you've conquered and like, you don't need to grind yeah. it anymore. Like the math hammer, I yeah. mean, everyone's doing math hammer now. There's websites for it, but originally you were just kind of like, I, I was clicking back through some of your videos getting ready for this. And I'm like, I'm like, this guy is like, like, wow. Um, was that like pre the websites like what is it Drew Chi Net like you were just doing that on your own? Where's that like passion for actually doing the gross math come from? Uh, I just like math. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like I'm an accountant, so that's like I manipulate numbers all the time. I just love like analyzing stuff, picking it apart, seeing what ticks. Um, 
But one of the big reasons that I really haven't gone that far into it recently is that their algorithm for coming up with the points for units now is actually pretty good. Mm. So, so doing math hammer is like it, you're getting like these marginal differences between units if you're doing like comparisons between things. So, you know, it used to be like one of the videos I did was like the um the stormcast paladins the retributors the um what are they decimators and protectors yeah the paladins uh, whatever they i i was just joking with tyler everson that i could never remember which is which <laughs> it's just all gibberish yeah so like i did a video a while ago like comparing those to see like which ones were better like for their points and it was like retributors were like off the scale like better value for their points than the other ones and like that doesn't happen much anymore in age of sigmar like they've really gotten much better at putting appropriate point costs on units uh, yeah. so like doing a hammer like that it's just like it's not worth your time it's it's become a lot easier i mean even within the last what i've been playing since i think ghb 2017 uh, 2016 somewhere in there like that right on the tail end of that uh either i'd have to do math to figure it out and fuck math uh yeah yeah uh not to not to like insult your entire like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> career field and stuff i do the math so you don't have to exactly exactly um no it's 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 even within my like sort of relatively uh, short career with AOS. I mean, you could look at the last like year or two and go, they've gotten better at kind of mathing it out, figuring it out. The way I see it a lot though, is actually points. Like it's, it's a lot easier to look at like how many points does this thing cost? Can I realistically expect it to beat something of equivalent points or lesser points or greater points? Right? Like the, most of the time it's like, Oh yeah. Like 600 point model, probably going to kill 400 point model. Like you can actually, Unless it's a Larial, rip. But <laughs> for the most part, you can like actually yep. look at that, you know, Plague Monks and, and those things like that. Where it gets harder is the Force Multipliers. And that's when you have to like consider, it starts to yeah. do like some abstractions and stuff like that. But you're like, okay, my, my 200 points of thing versus 200 points of thing, uh, we're going to have an even fight. And before it was just like, that isn't even close to, to the truth. And I'm, I'm saying within the last couple of yeah. years. Drusifer, uh, thank you so much yeah. for that. I mean, ready for number one? Hot take number one from me. Okay. Um, that's what's fucked up with Bone Reapers is like the units themselves. If you look at them on the face, like they're totally fine. Like the points are probably right yeah. if you take away all the allegiance abilities. But it's like it's the allegiance abilities and the interactions between things that are broken. It's not like the units themselves. Like, well, it's, it's not like, even like that part of the army a lot. It's. It's almost not even the allegiance abilities themselves. It's just one subsection of her allegiance abilities. If people were running Staliarch Lords, if you tear out the Petrifex Elite page and the Ivory Host page, and then just like that's the book, those four, those four other allegiances, people aren't wouldn't be complaining about Bone Reapers right now. Like they just they wouldn't be. Um, I'd also posit yeah. that they wouldn't. They'd be sub fifty percent win rate. Uh, but like here we are. Um, um I would say I. I have a lot of people in my local group that do play bone reapers and they know that petrifex is busted so they don't play it mm -hmm. um and it's not that really they, they don't play it because it's busted it's more like busted is 
boring, so I'm going to try and make other stuff work. I think there's also a perception, like... I mean, I got this all the time with, like, Nagash. I, I always bring it up. Like, I would walk up to the table holding Nagash at a tournament. Before we even started the game, I like, people were already not having a good time. You know, mm -hmm. they already weren't having a good time. And I had to, like, basically spend two hours playing against them, earning the good time from them, right? And Petrifex Elite, right now, puts you on that back foot. Um, whether we combat it with perception and teaching people how to beat the army, or it gets nerfed in the GHB, which I... I pretty much assume is going to happen at this point. Like that's, that's, uh, I guess neither here nor there. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it needs some errata. It needs some points adjustments. Um, I think even without errata though, I think aggressive point adjustments could fix it. But the problem with point adjustments, if I can, if I can counterpoint you here, um, the problem with points adjustments is like more tech guard aren't a problem in Staliar clothes more like, the things that are costed, they're not a problem when you go into Ivory Host. They're not a problem in Nalmeria. They're not a problem in Staliarch Lords. So, like, you're hitting yeah. the points. The problem is Petrifex Elite. Right. So, like, you ha it has to, like... Uh, like, I'd posit that they could afford to bring more gas and stalkers and things like that that don't get played down in points. And mm -hmm. and you'd see the, the lists open up a little bit because, you know, more tech guard are just they're just so efficient plus you've got two battle line options your battle line costs 130 points for 10 of them you're you're kind of sinking a lot of costs into them you have to so right so um leave obr alone g dead says um <laughs> i just i like they're gonna nerf them and then in one year from that nerf i'm gonna tell people i told you show so when they just drop off the face of the earth um yeah, I hope they don't hit it too hard like they did with KO and Zinch back in the day. Like, I'd love to see this army still around and still be good. I just don't want it to be, like, S-tier good. Mm. Like, let's just have it be normal good. Yeah. And all of the other, I don't know what they're called, hosts or whatever, like, all the other ones are fine. They're called legions. Ivory Host is not fine, by the way. Ivory Host is... For as good as Petrifex Elite is, Ivory Host is that trash. <laughs> like, yeah, I've actually, I've never played against that one. Yeah, um, I've you, played against Mortis Praetorians, I've played against Crematorians, which, by the way, Crematorians are really interesting to play against. They're fun, against. they're fun. I think that's the fun list. That's, I call it uh, the sports vote list. If you play Crematorians, yeah. you're, like, it's just, everything is dying all the time, and, like, so you're having a blast, and your opponent's having a blast, because, like, your skeletons are blowing up, and their stuff's blowing up, and, and like, yeah. it's 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 actually, like, just, like, it, it takes what is essentially at its core an attrition army, and it just, yes. it just says, like, it puts it in fast forward, and I think that that's a lot of fun yeah. for, for players in general. Um, make the plus one save cost the, already. The harvester is great with crematorians because if something dies and then gets brought back by the harvester, it can still do a mortal wound on a five up. Yeah, you're doing the Diablo two uh, Diablo two corpse explosions. Like it's pretty sweet. Um, I actually my fix. I actually really like. Uh, we had the uh, rerolling ones, uh, Brent and Jack on last week. Mm -hmm. I really liked what Brent said actually for Petrifex Elite. I think it's the lightest touch. Um, but he basically said like in the lore. It says that they're, like, slow, they tend to show up late, and then just murder everything. I think you just take mm -hmm. away their ability to plus three-inch move. Hashtag fixed. It exacerbates their existing problem. The way you already beat them is pretty obvious. You beat them on the table, engage thin sides, don't engage them at all. Like, I've lost to, uh... I've lost to 
of all things bone splitters, just playing keep away, just running away from me the whole game. Like nothing I could do about it. I'm like, like this army is very beatable. It's just, most people tend to play, push their models towards the center of the table and fight you. And if you do it that way, Petrifex Elite is just basically the best at playing that straight scrapper, uh, straight scrapper style. Yeah. Um, I'll say the last tournament that I played, um, I played a lot of like one day tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, so I played in a one day tournament up in New York and I played against a Petrifex elite list and we played on the 2019 scorched earth, the one with eight objectives. (laughs) It's like a loss. (laughs) Yeah. I, I won that game with. Huskoil Blight Lords jumping over his line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's 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 it, getting it, back. Oh yeah. I, I lost that to uh uh Bron, Daughters of Cain. I simply because they teleport. <laughs> I'm like, I just can't stop it. I have four units in my whole army, and I can't yep. stay back and hold all four objectives and like play for the quote unquote minor because it's only a matter of time. Before they just get 30 bodies wrapped around my 20. They don't even need to fully engage them to, like, outscore that. You know, like, they've got tricks. They can they can pop off. They can run hot. Like, they can pick apart my... I'm like... I'm just like... You know, not to mention 900 of my points were in Nagash. So it's like, yeah. I got this single model that, that they just like, Oh, yeah, your pie plate's not bigger than six inches. Boom, burn the objective. It's like... Yep. it's a That's a nightmare match. Like, the battle plans... The, the further the, the battle plans get away from, like, four, the harder mm-hmm. time you have to win with Petrifex Elite, let alone Relocation Orb and any of the, like, teleporty ones. That army just... I played Beasts of Chaos as my, like, vacation home army. Uh, yep. Seven inches is not fast. <laughs> like, it's not no, fast. No, it's not. Like, not fast at all. <laughs> seven inches with no flying units in your army is not fast. I'm sorry. And... And this game has a need for speed. The best armies tend to have mobility in spades. You know, Daughters yes. of Cade run and charging, plus, you know, some shenanigans. Like, you know, uh, it's just, it, it, it's, I don't know. Like I said, I I don't think Petrifex Elite is the problem the internet would have you believe it is. I do think it is a problem, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm willing to concede that I probably shouldn't have Rend on the most defensive unit in the game. Because you shouldn't be the punchiest thing and the most defensive thing. That's just inherently seems flawed from a design standpoint. But yeah. like, but like, I think there's there's ways to beat it if we stop complaining about it. Basically, ad nauseum, and like we start yeah. just answering the problem. Um, I, yeah. And I mean, it was a good thing for me for for Patrick for for Osiarch Bone Reapers to come out. So like, I'm very close to the issue. I understand it. Uh, like that, I. It's hard to get a purely objective stance for me, but like I also play the army, and I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, I know how I I, I beat this with my beast of chaos. And uh, yeah. Joel McGrath, for instance, hasn't lost to Petrifex Elite at a tournament with his beast of chaos, and that's supposed to be the forty percent win rate garbage army. It's like the minute yeah. you look, you stop. Go okay, Petrifex Elite is busted. Cool, awesome. Now just put a little pin in that, and now how do you deal with it? And once you get to that next tier, you start to like see some vulnerabilities, and I, I think it's pretty. Yeah, I think what's really dangerous with Petrifex Elite is that when you put it in the hands of a good player, it is outrageously good. If 
there's a lot of players that are, let's just say, not as experienced, not as skilled, that will run Petrifex Elite. Maybe they like the army, and it's just the good thing to do. Um, those players are very beatable. Like, it's not just this unbeatable army. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's It has definite weaknesses if you can outplay your opponent. Mm-hmm. Well, and and with with Petrifex Elite, like skill, I think like there's a there's a noticeable skill higher skill floor, lower skill ceiling, and I really think yeah. that that's what like spe- I'm saying specifically Petrifex Elite on this one because I think Staliarch Lords and Mortis Praetorians with some particular list builds open up some uh, like some additional ceiling to the list, but they they certainly lo- drop that floor out like that that floor gets much yeah. lower. Um, I like it's. It's interesting because I think that, that that like sort of higher floor, lower ceiling thing is what makes it so sort of uh, the hot button issue it is. I, I think that mm-hmm. because there's that perception that like I don't have to be very good to play Petrifex Elite, but I gotta know what I'm doing to beat it. And so what yes. you end up seeing, you see it happening is Petrifex Elite doesn't win all of the tournaments forever. Maybe one day is where, yeah. the, where the skill pool's a little bit lower because it gets to those top tables that day two and it struggles against players who are as good as you on list built to beat it because, yes. you know, Skaven can beat it. Uh, I posit that, that the War Clans book can beat it. I, I've had some pushback on that and I'm like, I literally lost to Bone Splitters and all he did was run away from me. There's like, yeah. I'm, like <laughs> I'm like, like if you, if you can't beat my Arby, you're you're not pl- you're not playing the game to win you're you're playing to to like get kill points and like if you think kill points win the game guess what that shit went away a long time ago the minute objectives were introduced but like no like i i you know man like uh beast of chaos beat them zinch obviously beats them ko beats them uh corn i've seen take it to them especially recently like there's a lot of armies out there that can beat Petrifex Elite, especially when you're at that, like, tuned-in, locked-in mode. And that's where we come to this discussion, I think, is a lot of it is framed around uh, around the, the sort of mid-table players. And here's the second hot take of the evening. Uh, I hate framing discussions around mid-table players. <laughs> yeah. It's... And we're going to disagree on it, and, and, like, that's... I'm not telling people what to think. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you have discourse and stuff like that. I'm telling you what I think. And... I think that think of the mid-table players is fast becoming the the think of the children argument of yeah. Age of Sigmar. And that kind of bothers me. Like, how much do you need to tone things down and make it more palatable for the casual to, like, obviously there's a balance, right? Like, there should yeah. be a balance. But, like, that's where I go, like, well, where's the line? Because the way you beat Bone Reapers is a basic gameplay mechanic. And I think that, like, that's where I start to reach back. Yeah, and I, I think we think of the mid-table is... I, I'm actually with you, that Like, I am not all about the, like, think of the mid-table players. Um, because they take care of themselves. There's people that are basically self-comping with... Like, if they want to hang out at the mid-tables, they'll play OBR without Petrifax. Run, run Nagash. Run Nagash. Like, uh, Ian... Ian... Ian O'Brien put it really nicely on their show. Just like they're running Nagash. It's basically a self comp. And I'm like, kind of, uh, mm-hmm. but like he, 
Nagash is hated in the mid-tables because he just auto-beats a lot of mid-table armies. Like, he just... Some armies don't have the tools to beat him. Yeah, but a lot of the mid-tables are just there to have a good time anyway, and they don't really care. Like, I, I'm yeah. definitely one of those mid-table players, and... You're not going you to know. win. You're not going to win at all. And if you're not going to win at all, yeah. like, who cares about taking a, taking an L on day one and day two? Like, who gives a crap? Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have a drink and have a good time. Like, it, yeah. and I... Like, all day long, I'm perfectly happy to play against somebody that is going to just stomp me into the ground as long as the person is a fun player to play against. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's a bunch of, like, like shithead uh, Petrifex Elite players out there. Since it is a high saturation, you're going to get a wide net. And it's just, like, one douchebag in every tournament scene or every, like, uh, local gaming store is just ruining it for the rest of us. But uh, I am I am with Buckets here. Less, ner less uh, OBR, more Nurgle. Uh, always more Nurgle. Always more Nurgle. We got the Blight King himself on uh, on Rantcast. We got to talk more Nurgle. But this does raise one of the videos that like that really you came out with recently, and I think this ties really nicely into that conversation. And uh, I'm gonna try to remember the title properly. It was what was it? It was tournament meta versus local meta. Why the stats don't matter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and like this is the most like just. I love it because it's just like gonna get you to click on it, and uh, I think there's a there's a beauty in like playing the internet game properly and uh, achievement unlocked oh, yeah. or playing the internet game properly. But but <laughs> take us through the because you go on to, if you click on the video and you you listen to it, I think it's about, it came in around sixteen minutes or so. It's not like a long rant cast yeah. by any means, um, but there was actually some fair fairly nuanced points in there. I may not one hundred percent agree with it, but I one hundred percent respected it. And so you want to kind of give me the the cliff's notes of of that yeah i mean the thing that really i mean I, talking about like my local meta my own local meta my store that i play at all the time um versus the tournament stats um what is highest in the tournaments right now like OBR is is topping out Maw tribes are very high as well like yeah and uh, Fire Slayers, Slanesh, Zinch. Um, what is absent from my local meta? There's no Zinch. There is one Fire Slayers player that only brings it out for tournaments, really, and like testing for tournaments. See, I would go looking for that player all the time because that's like a that's a weak matchup for OBR. Like, I want to play against that yeah. army to like, you know, sharpen myself on the whetstone of my counters. Right, it, but if you're just hanging out and playing a casual game, uh, you know, but, taking a whole Saturday, you don't, you're not there to like train Rocky style. Right, exactly. Yeah. So there, there's no Slanesh. Everybody that plays OBR doesn't play Petrifex. Um, there's no Zinch. So a lot of those like global stats, like they mean nothing to my local meta because some of the top armies are just not even present. Mm -hmm. And so like. I think the important thing is for a lot of people, unless you're going to a GT and you're gunning for top tables, you got to focus on what is actually going on with you locally. Mm -hmm. Like what are the lists that you're actually going to run into? Um, I mean, I see a lot of like um, iron jaws, for example, there's a bunch of iron jaws. Yeah. Orcs are, are just a mainstay of the community. They're, they're yeah. just, Orc players are orc players, and they're everywhere. Like they, yep. you know, pretty ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah. Orcs, iron, uh, and uh, ogres. 
Um, there's actually several OBR, but they just don't play Petrifex, so it's a completely different game. Um, so I, I guess like the the real point that I was trying to make is like if you're not going to a GT and you're not going to even if you you're going to a GT and gunning not gunning for the top tables, mm-hmm. then like like why are you obsessing over these stats about like what the top lists are mm-hmm. because if you're like a mid-table player, you're just going to get stomped by those players anyway. Yeah, they could be so, on Beast of Chaos and crush you anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so, it, like, why try and tune your list against uh, Petrifex Elite if you're never going to play against it? Why tune your list against Zeech if you're never going to play against it? Um and even if you are, like, your odds of winning, even if you prep for it, are very low. All right. All right. My, my, my simplest counterpoint for it, and I, I do love what you're saying, um, I think 80%, as a conservative estimate, of the players in this game aren't trying to win it all at a tournament all the time. Like, yep. like there's not... I just don't think that 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 our game is the most tuned for competitive play, and therefore I don't think it attracts the most competitive mindset of players. Now, that being said, I do think everyone has, like, some thread of com- competition in them, and that's where kind of my counterpoint comes in. And I think think people still have that, like, like well, what if scenario that plays out in their head. And what I love about what you're saying is that you're basically saying, hey, think about... Think about how you play this game. And I think that is the most important point you could ever make in Age of Sigmar, is how do you play this game? Because it is a very robust game. It is a very social game. You control so much of that. Mm-hmm. Like, and now where, where I kind of diverge is like, I really think more information is preferable to less information in all things. That's just my brain. So like I want to know the stats personally. I I want to I want to I I take the stats sometimes as a challenge. I look at them and I go, oh, eighty percent win rate. We'll see. Like I'm coming for you. I'm gonna headhunt that eighty percent thing because that's that's how I want to play the game. Is I'm always testing myself, and I enjoy that. That's what I get out of it. But again, it how do you play? And I think that's basically the most important. Um, yeah, and and for me on the flip side too is like I love Nurgle. Nurgle's win rate last time I checked was like 43%. That's going to be on an upside now. So it creates like this different sub game of like, how much can I beat the competitive averages of this army? Yeah. Like how, how good of stats can I personally put on? Oh, everyone, the board? Loves, everyone loves an underdog. Everyone loves an underdog. Yeah. That's and right true. now in the, in the meta Nurgle's an underdog. I think um, that's very gradually changing. We'll, we'll get to that shortly, but. But yeah, they're they're right now. Like you show up with Nurgle, even the last like six months, you show up with Nurgle. People are like throwing you high fives. Oh, sweet Blight King! You know, like oh, really awesome. Yep. I think, for instance, uh, P- Puskoil Blight Lords. I think are the, some of the coolest fucking models in the whole game. And oh, they're fantastic. The more I see of them, the happier I am. You know, like I just yeah. like every time I see them on the table. I saw someone like convert like the Blight Lords, and it wasn't like minor conversions. It was like a major conversion where I didn't even recognize it. I was just like, I got sad. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, that's how I knew I liked the model too much. Cause I'm like, I was sad to see a, a good conversion. Like, I'm just like, oh, like, 
<laughs> like he was using Tyranid bits and stuff. Like it was really cool conversion, but I'm like, this is not, you know, you've forgotten the face of your father. This is not what I signed up to see. Right. Right. I did convert um, two of mine. I, well, I converted my Lord of Afflictions and I converted one of my Pascual Blight Lords. Um, but it was just, um, on the Puscoil, it was using an alternate body. It was one of the other torsos from the, uh, God, what kid is that? The, the shitty monster that nobody plays. Um, <laughs> oh, the dude that rides the slug, right? Um, yeah, the, uh, one of the, uh, Blow Abrot spawn is one is. of them that of that kit but um like i took one of the torsos from the other two and like stuck him on a pasquale blight lord yeah um and then on for my lord of afflictions i took one of the uh like the long trunks from the plague drones and like kit bashed that into the head of it so that it was set apart a little bit from the rest of the pasquales yeah, I, I, and I think, like, you know, like, what is it, gut rot spume and stuff like that, like, swapping in some bodies works really well. But, like, I love the aesthetic of these, like, these, like, sort of waspy, like, insectoids with, like, the scythes, and it's just... Oh, yeah. It's freaking metal. Like, they are here to fuck. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> convert or die, says Marak. <laughs> <laughs> and and real quick, yeah. thank thank you so much, Soren, for for uh for all those gift subs, buddy. Um, you're uh you're a continued like just support for me, and I, I I really love it, man. Thank you so much. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, Chat Gang representing tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I, like yeah, any... I have to say, just quick shout out to Morocco. Everything I know about green stuff is that dude. He taught me everything I know. So. Uh, I, I was looking at that. He, go watch his channel for all things green stuff, sculpting, insanity. He's, like, he's, it, he should be hired by some miniatures company to sculpt minis. He has a really sort of in-depth, like, understanding of it because it goes past the, the, like, it goes beyond green stuff. Like, he knows when to use each component for each thing, and he just... Mm -hmm knows it's like it's like he's beautiful mind with like the green stuff it's really really something special and right now he's actually working on a video series uh like to build a daemon prince and so like that's a pretty cool it, it, it's it's really cool how he shows like how he kind of conceives of the model and absolutely 100 percent. go check out my rock uh wolf's uh channel on uh on youtube you will not regret it and certainly give him a follow on on twitter because you can see some of his art projects Ooh. tristan i may be late but damn i'm pretty <laughs> uh tristan thank you so much uh for the for the uh tier one sub eight eight months of subbing eight years old <laughs> um yeah so so uh i i think uh to just kind of like summarize uh the video and i, I do recommend people go check it out because i thought you raised some really good points and it, it was just a really good discussion piece to where if you come in you're not competitive with a with the, the the clickbait or whatever you know the stats don't matter and like you 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 like you feel called out or any, if you go into it yeah with a like a, a sort of like you're gonna have your brain just sort of like thinking in a good in a good space where like you're either gonna end up refining your point a little bit better or 
or you might change gasp change your opinion a little bit like and that's the best kind of it's one of those videos that's like a basically a discussion like it's just it's just a really good so i really highly recommend it um yeah please just share uh please just share any content you like on forums and social media that's the best support i could ask for uh i only have two goals for the channel one to grow the channel as large as possible and two to raise as much money for charity as i can through it you should have a third goal there doom to be the sexiest man in an age of sigmar calendar so. i will tell you no joke my wife has a crush on doom i think a lot of people have crushes on doom that when he did the doom water <laughs> i i'm surprised we didn't break the internet when he did the doom water video <laughs> it, it was so funny we were um the first time that this came up we were, we were like driving back in the car from like a wedding that was like an eight hour drive away and i was listening to something from doom and darkness um like my wife gave me permission to listen to warhammer stuff in the car because i was the one driving right um and um doom and darkness comes on and she's like who's this guy <laughs> he is a, he is a he is a veritable sex pot uh paul tell your wife i think she's a babe <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, the other, like, uh, the other video you did recently, and this is actually some somewhat of an area that I personally feel like I'm. This year has been a year of growth for me personally. Uh, trying to get better at hobby. Trying to, um, you know, like my competitive streak is is pretty well, I think, documented. My competitive lean, I should say. Um, I, I'm not like a sixth gear player, as I call it. I'm more of a fifth or fourth gear player, uh, where like. I want to win. If I if I put minis across from you, like I'm trying to win, but uh, you know my most fun games have been losses. So you know, like I I have that like that that like I don't need to win at all to have a good weekend. You know, so I do have that slight. Um, but one of the other ones is actually uh, this uh, Path to Glory video where you basically told people they need to they need to start doing more Path to Glory. You should play them. Um, yeah. Now I. I, like so many people, just 100% skip over that section of the book. I don't think yeah. I've read it once in any of my battle tomes. Yep. Um, and and I bet you that that's a majority percentage of people. Um, yeah. And I have to say, like, in terms of just, like, local casual play, I think Path to Glory is, like, one of my favorite things to do on, like, my weekly game night. So, so what is, is to, for like a complete noob who has no idea what Path to Glory is, what is Path to Glory? All right. So the first handy thing to know is that in every battle tome, in the Path to Glory section, there is the full rules to Path to Glory. It's two pages. That's it. Okay. Um, it If you're familiar with an Escalation League, it works very similarly to an Escalation League where you're slow growing an army over a course of games or over a course of weeks. Um, and basically it's a way to play Age of Sigmar where you're starting out with a small force and you're using a sort of alternate point system that's a little bit more broad, more like... Um, in the early days of AOS, before there were uh, points, we were trying to figure out all these different ways to comp things. Mm -hmm. and 
one of the common ones was like one role at minimum size is like one selection. And that's very much like kind of how Path to Glory works, except that there's like some that are like elite choices where it's two selections. Okay. Um, uh, and then I think there's a few books that have like some things count as three. So you basically you pick a general. Your general determines how many other units you get to take in your starting warband. Um, and then after each game, you roll a die to see if you get either more units or if you get buffs to your general or buffs to one of your units. Um, and you roll a die if you win for uh, like D3 glory, which you can spend on uh, getting better units or for re-rolls on other tables. And then there's just uh, tables in your book for you know, rewards for your units, so buffs for your units or buffs for your champion. And then you have, like, the uh, the table of all of the units that you can get, which is usually just all of the non, like, named units in the book mm -hmm. um, that you can add to your warband. Okay. So it's very much like a, like a modified form of an Escalation League that's a little bit more narrative. Like, instead of just always adding more units you're potentially adding buffs onto the units that you have <laughs> marok wolf says there's no d6 roll to see if you die not interested <laughs> <laughs> um, no so i i actually uh brent uh on last week's rant cast he talked about how he he uh uh like he he like loves paths to glory at events and stuff like that and i was thinking um i had this kind of thought well, he was talking about that of like actually just to give yourself this way to enrich your your tournament experience, give yourself alternate ways of of enjoying an event, basically. Because like yep. you said, we're not all showing up to like win it all. The I don't yep. the vast majority of people aren't doing that. Like they they're simply not. And I, I started to have this kind of thought, like, what if you just like okay, you're playing two thousand point games, sure. But like what if you look at that some of that path to glory stuff? And as you're progressing through the tournament, you've got five games, you roll on those tables and like you actually use that to like write a little bit of a, like your own little personal like narrative or arc as you're going along to kind of en enrich your experience. Yeah. So I it's really, it sits somewhere kind of halfway between narrative and match play. It's sort of like a structured narrative play. Right. Right. I mean, because face it, we, we like rules. We do is like as gamers, we, we want rules, which is, why to me like pure open play just my brain short circuits and i don't understand it but but mm -hmm. you know that's for some people but for the most part i think people like rules and uh having a some sort of structure for progression i mean face it dnd &D has xp or 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 uh what are they using now like landmarks or whatever it is um for advancement like they're using you know um we, we like to have rules and structure for advancement i think it, it helps give you something else to enjoy um, watching this sort of thi this 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 army that you very quite literally built up physically, giving it sort of like a built up narrative or so just a built up experience over the course of like a tournament or whatever. Um, yeah. What is your thought on new underworlds warbands when applied to alternate sculpt for things like Path to Glory? Uh, I mean, I, I love alternate sculpts. <laughs> like I'm for it uh, personally. Yeah. Like uh, I mean the 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 warband for uh for a legion of Nagash, just like that sweet skeleton legion, like yeah, why wouldn't you use just use that as your like skeletons? Like they're sweet. 
Um, yeah. The um, the Nurgle Warband, like, I just want to buy that just so I have an alternate sculpt for the Sorcerer. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, uh, and most people, in a competitive sense even, are very receptive to, like, model swaps like that. Like, I just, if you look at my, my 80 skeletons... I have I have that war bl- warband basically split up between the skeletons as just points of yep. visual interest throughout it, because I like this notion of like, you know, Nagash is resurrecting all of the undead from a course like all of the battles, so they're not all going to be rank and file wearing the same armor and stuff. And yep. I have never in like what I played that army for like going on two years of tournament play, uh, in one form or another, never once had an opponent not okay with it. I've mentioned it. I've, I've given people, like, I've let them be aware. I'm like, hey, look, I have the war, these warbands in my unit. And they go, oh, no, that's cool, dude. And it's just like, and you keep playing. Um, and I, I, I bet you, since kind of the focus of, of Path to Glory is to enhance that narrative aspect and the progression notion to, like, have... It, they're going to be receptive to, like, enhancing the narrative visually, too. The narrative story, or the, the, the visual storytelling of your army with cool warbands and stuff like that. Yep. So, and we're not yeah, all... gone. The cool thing about Path to Glory too is like if you're somebody that's kind of like a little bit of a collector and you play as well, um, like I just I love Nurgle, so I just have everything, mm-hmm. right? So playing Path to Glory and just like rolling on the tables for what units I'm going to get, that's going to force me to play with models that I don't usually play with. And it might make me have a second look at some things. That's cool. I, I like that collector aspect. I actually really, I really like that because I mean, I collect all of the death, you know, like it's except for yeah. flesh eater courts. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I like, I, I, I have some flesh eater courts models too, even. Um, I like, but I'm basically like really want to, I lived in the, the mixed death sort of was where I was starting to play the game. And so when the LON came out, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be able to play all the different legions of all the different ways. And so, like, that's kind of how I got into it. I have a lot of, of models just uh, uh, primed but not uh, assembled. and Or, or yeah. I'm sorry, primed but, like, but not painted. And I have some models, like, still on the sprue. And just, like, just probably 2,000 points worth of, like, just stuff I never play with or, or don't even finish. But with, like, a Path to Glory, going, okay, next week i got to have these 10 guys together. Like that, that incentivizes me to like really uh, stretch out my legs and enjoy the rest of my collection. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Path to Glory also just creates like these awesome game experiences um, because there's a certain randomness to it, right? Like you're not always adding units. You're sometimes just getting buffs to your units or buffs to your general. Mm-hmm. And I think the best story that I have from Path to Glory is one of the guys... Um, in I think the last Path to Glory that I played, he was playing Iron Jaws, and he started with a Maw Crusher and one unit of pigs. That was his warband. And over and over again, after every game, he just rolled either buffs to his pigs or buffs to his general, like over and over and over again. And even though like he would have an opponent sitting across from him that had like two or three times as many points on the board. But all of those buffs on that Maw Crusher just made it like this impossible to kill wrecking ball 
that just went through your entire army <laughs> and you could do nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like the games were hilarious. I was like, I'm sitting here with three times as many points on the board as you are. And I am losing this game to one model. Uh, so, <laughs> uh. No, I mean, but I mean, that that's if you're on that that other side of the table, it's exactly what you wanted to do, right? And so you can't even like hate. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, you can't even get mad at that. Like it's just you're just laughing your way through the entire game because it's so absurd at that point. Oh man, see, I, I see, I love that too. I, I see, I like, I enjoy that in just regular competitive play. Like I, yeah. I like, like seeing someone's cool combo, uh, or like, uh, like. Right now, I, I haven't played the new Zinch yet. Uh, the stats tell me I lose to it with even my bone daddies. And I'm just like, bring it on. Let's Like, I want to play Zinch. You know, Andrew Yell's, uh, um, you know, RL friend of mine, hobby legend at this point. Um, like, I haven't, like, I haven't played his Zinch yet. I'm like, dude, we need to, like, get in a game because I want to see this on the table. I, I want to play against it. And, and like, I, I can just imagine that mentality that i have and then porting it over to this path to glory where it's like every game is kind of something i haven't seen right yeah. like and like weird shit happens in path to glory like it's just what it's built around it just makes weird things happen mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's awesome that's awesome so i i think you made me a believer in path to glory how do you structure this in like sort of a like we said like at the onset most people probably play just the local meta scene yeah uh, how do you structure that in like in a local do you play like a path to glory a week and you progress do you you do, do uh, like so a slow well do you like um like a league basically we'll have we'll set it over maybe like six weeks and we'll have like a TO running it that kind of like DMs the whole thing. Each week we'll have like one scenario that everybody is playing. Um, and usually the scenario is some combination of um, the scenarios out of the GHB, the uh, stuff out of the total war cards or no, I'm sorry, not total war open war cards. Um, and maybe even some of the cards out of war cry just to make up like kind of fresh, interesting scenarios. Um, and then we just go, you know, each week you just try and get in as many games as you can. And um, yeah, the new one coming up, um, we're not doing it based on, you know, your win loss or your amount of glory that you collect throughout it. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have a, like a secondary win condition in each game and that secondary is what is going to count towards who actually wins the league okay um so then win loss it's who gets all their secondaries so you're you're building a narrative win condition essentially yes exactly that's actually really cool that's i mean that's like the 300 thing right like you you know they technically get wiped out but narratively speaking they you know they delay Xerxes and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, Soren asks, "What are the thoughts about the uh, Path to Glory tables having units not in the book on the tables? For example, uh, Chask Lords in a Slanesh Warband." I have not run into that before. Hmm. Oh. Um. So I guess what would your thoughts be like about 
like how they just like some some things aren't i don't know having units not in the book on the tables oh so like basically they're they're making you kind of reach outside your book to to bring in some models right that's what would yeah be. i mean if it's acceptable, I think it's fine. Yeah, as long as it's not like stuff that's hidden behind like exclusivity barriers, I think that's fine. Like an, an opportunity to stretch your hobby wing some, and, and if you're if you're into, I think if you're all, all about the uh, the path to glory play style, um, you know, your your gaming group is probably going to be more than receptive to you kit bashing or proxying something if it's not normally within your your collection. Uh, Especially if you go that extra mile, uh, people are receptive to the effort. You know, like yep. if, if you go that extra mile to like make a conversion for that thing out of some bits you have laying around, you you watch some Maroc Wolf uh, videos and and learn to green stuff and you 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 explore that. I think people are going to be receptive to it. So, oh, absolutely. I don't think I have an. I don't think I personally have an issue with it, but I'm not the path to glory guy. So, yeah. Uh, I, I love Path of Glory. It's just a fun way to play. Um, especially it's if you have a group of people that you play with regularly, like you're getting together for like a weekly game, um, it's a great way to just spice up what you're doing. It, it gets you out of that like regular 2,000 point match play grind, especially if you have a smaller group that you're always playing like the same lists against each other. It just forces people into playing something different. This seems like a really, again, I think this is a really a, a local scene sort of, a very, like, local scene, uh, like, just a good thing. I, I think it's just just yeah. a great good thing. I'm I'm probably going to try a little bit. We were, like, I'm probably going to try, try it out a little bit, like, on probably a more of a delayed period because I, you know, my personal friends live scattered around the map. But if we get together for a weekend, play Path to Glory, and we hang on to that narrative for the next time, and then I can see something yep. really robust and interesting building over time. Yeah, and it's great, especially when you have, you know, your person running it that's acting more like a DM than, you know, just a TO. Yeah, so like a dungeon master kind of setting the stage, uh, you know, yeah. giving you a little like narrative or fluff, um, you know, giving you that extra that extra something that that takes the board game beyond a board or that takes the game beyond a board game and into an experience. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's just fun. So like you, that's that's all. Play. It's just just a fun way to play. So so you mentioned like you basically have all of the Nurgle, and this is a great way for you to play your Nurgle. Uh, take me through the journey of why you are the blight the blight king himself. Why is why is Papa Nurgle uh, the guy for you? So the sort of other topic of the show here. Um. So. I started my Nurgle army like right when the Battle Tome dropped. Okay. And I saw like the previews of what the army did. And it, particularly the thing that uh, jumped out at me was the cycle of corruption, mm -hmm. like the Nurgle wheel, mm -hmm. that like you had this set of seven different buffs for your army and it moves each turn and you can cast a spell to change it. Um, that just grabbed me immediately that like, oh, this is a toolbox army. I have all of these different tools that I can go after and I can kind of control which ones I'm getting at what times. I always really liked the model range and then they released new models that were just fantastic. Um, I just love the gross stuff. I think it's cool. Mm -hmm. um, 
there's a lot of cool conversion and modeling opportunities, great painting opportunities. I mean, if you look at painting competitions, there's like always Nurgle stuff in there. The the 40k um, dude is constantly in them. I can't remember his name, the Primark or whatever. Yeah. Like he's in there all the time. There's always a Guo, like there's usually some conversions. Um Yep. So that's what grabbed me like immediately. I was like I basically saw the base rules of how this army worked and I'm like I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um I already liked the aesthetic. I liked the new stuff they were releasing. I saw the rules and I was in and I'm just like, I've got to buy all the things. <laughs> uh, so I just like jumped in with both feet into the army. Um, and I'm still acquiring new Nurgle stuff. Well, um, you actually, I, I mean, I, I still think we're going to see a new Nurgle book. Uh, who knows really like with an RL plague, if the, if the plague father is going to get his book this year or whatever, but but I still think we're going to see a, a brand new Nurgle book, if not this year, next year. Um, but in the yeah. meantime, Nurgle has gotten some some love, like with some Slaves to yeah. Darkness. I mean, you can take a lot of what you already own in your collection and just go, okay, Slaves to like lean towards like a Slaves to Darkness style build by picking up some like Chaos Warriors and some stuff like that. Um, or like Wrath of the Everchosen's got some new toys for you. Um, so oh, yeah. like, there's been some new life. Uh, breathed into Nurgle the way that the I actually like the uh, I actually really like the uh, the Blight Lord's uh, battalion in Slaves of Darkness which you can run in Nurgle just fine so yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely it's solid and just being able to take like a whole bunch of Slaves of Darkness stuff and shoving it into the Nurgle Allegiance is just it's good it's not um the way that I necessarily play personally, but I can see the benefits of doing that. Well, I think like, go on, go on. Yeah, like running a, a Slaves to Darkness heavy Nurgle list is definitely a thing that people do. Well, it's it's something that like would really I think re, uh, resonate with like newer players or players like, that aren't already on like the Nurgle hype train. Like I think it's a, a nice way to like to sort of gradually uh, immerse yourself in in playing Nurgle. Ask Paul when he is going to get into free guild stop being an anti-vax and spreading pestilence <laughs> <laughs> so i still have my free guild army it's like that's still my first love in warhammer um i started with playing the empire in eighth edition and that became free guild and then it became cities of sigmar now i now i know why i had these like little moments of disagreement with you kind of throughout like this i'm like I get this guy i respect him i love a lot of what he's saying it's because you're an empire player and everyone knows we just we just can't see eye to eye death and, and empire yeah. like vampire accounts in particular was you know like the von karstein's very entrenched in the empire like rivalry um yep but uh, Vlad got better at the end. At the end, he realized that it was petty to like squabble with the Empire, and that his love was more important, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Lore tangent. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just wanted to. Th I started out just wanting to throw shade at Empire players for a little bit, and then I'm like halfway through, I'm like, oh, I miss Vlad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 
Like if this is someone's, uh, you know, the, when you're when you're making content, you have to remind yourself every episode you do is somebody's first episode. I don't want someone yeah. listening to this thinking I like Manfred, so I had to bring up Vlad. So like because it's all Manfred's fault. What a loser! <laughs> <laughs> and now you get to throw shade at Empire players and Manfred, which is basically just double heated coach because he's a Manfred yeah. sympathizer. I've had some challenges recently with Cities of Sigmar because I really like my free guild army and I'm having a lot of challenges playing free guild in Cities of Sigmar the way I want to play it. So it's really like pushed me back to Nurgle and I'm like, Nurgle's my second love. That's mm -hmm. like the love that I found in Age of Sigmar. You know, like yeah. it. The Empire was my first love, and then the world changed, and now I love Nurgle. Well, it's 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 kind of like you have your high school sweetheart, but like now yeah. you have mature and proper love of an adult with Nurgle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got your first love. You always remember your first love, but then that's usually not who you marry. Right, right. AOS <laughs> <laughs> coach, I turned on my audio for two minutes, and you shit talk me. Screw you, buddy. <laughs> love you, coach. <laughs> love you <laughs> um yeah big hearts um the, the heart squig emoji <laughs> um no I, I i actually uh this is actually like uh haywo's original take but like he won me over to it after we had some discussion which is i think nurgle is one of the best armies for new players to get into um yep that i think you said it's a toolbox and i'm like check i think it's really important that um, when you play an army, you're exposed to the other mechanics of the game. You know, like, if you go in on a pure shooting army and all it does is shoot, you're going to have a gap in the information you acquire learning the game. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you play a pure anvils or pure hammer or, you know, pure chat, uh, you know, pure summoning, yada, yada, yada you're going to have gaps. Nurgle kind of does just about everything. But it does yeah. it in these very specific ways and even within the same list you can kind of begin to tailor your mechanics one way or another i think it's important that you play with allegiance abilities in the game um you know yeah. an army that doesn't have any allegiance abilities again you're getting a gap so like the wheel of corruption where it's kind of out of your hands but it's something you have to yeah. pay attention to i think that it's just a great army from a from a like that toolbox standpoint of learning the game and then from a model standpoint um honestly any like every single one of the new models released for age of sigmar Whilst not my thing because I'm not into the gross stuff, I cannot yep. deny as great. Uh, like, yeah, great and clean one is a is a fantastic model. Like, yeah. fantastic. It, I want another one just to paint another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and it's a lot easier for like someone who's just getting into the game to you don't have to paint real flesh tones. You know, like you can try you can yeah. trying to to learn it, and if you mess it up, you're like, oh, just Nurgle things. You know, he's got the skin, yeah. like he's got the flesh rot, like, so, so like you, 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 it's a very, it's an army that like has a range of textures and you know, you've got Blight Kings, they've got plate and chain, like you've got the skin, you've yeah. got that. And, and the whole time it's very unintimidating. It's not a very daunting army as you're exploring your own painting techniques. And then once you get really deep into it, like you said, kind of earlier on, always see people's Nurgle stuff in painting competition because they do have that like next layer of just pure intricate detail and really let you, you just really dive in. So, yeah, 
it's really easy for a new player to paint a lot of the stuff and it's a great canvas for a great painter to just like pick out all the details and do really interesting things with them mm-hmm. yeah yeah like yeah. You, around the time you start like okay like i can you know grab my uh uh, Bugmans and paint the intestines and just hit it with like null oil or something real quick. Or I can yeah. really get like layers in there, really show off the like nasty viscera. So it's really, it really is a. I, th- I think it's a. I think Nurgle is a great, a great army. And I'd go as far to say that I think Nurgle seems to be the fan. Fa- I think it's the fan favorite when it comes to like the four, the big four. It's between Corn, I think, and Nurgle, but Corn's kind of like. Corn's army is very corn. <laughs> yes. Nurgle, Nurgle, you've got a range of like a range of how to play it, and corn should basically always be charging forward and hitting you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you catch uh, Warhammer Weekly last night? I did not. I was uh, busy with house and new house stuff, but but uh, what were they? So they were talking about Vince's um, about like the armies in Age of Sigmar. And Nurgle came up as basically the most polarizing army, really? aesthetically. That it, like, it had the most people that gave it a 10 out of 10, and, like, the most people that gave it a 1 out of 10. Uh, in terms of the personal like it versus reception? Like, yes. It, again, I, I mean, it's the, it's the gross thing isn't for me, but, like, I yeah. can't deny it's a great-looking army. Um Yeah. Whereas like Slanesh, oh go on, continue, finish your point. Um, it it's just very divided. Like people either think the grossness is absolutely amazing and the greatest thing ever, or they absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Slanesh, I would say, uh, like Keeper of Secrets is a fantastic model, but objectively, a lot of it looks derpy and terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The boob, the boob lamprey are just not good looking models. Sorry, yeah. Soren. <laughs> Soren unsubbed now. <laughs> Soren, I hate Nurgle with an unholy passion. Slanesh is the best. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. No, um, no, I, I, I can see it being like way more polarizing, um, because the gross factor, right? Um, in a similar yeah. fashion, I would expect Slanesh to be polarizing because like the like the cringe factor, you know, like, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, Slanesh was another one that had interesting results. Like, definitely go check out that Warhammer Weekly from last night. It was it was really eye opening to like what people actually think of the aesthetics of armies. Mm-hmm. See, I I did I did the the polls, and for the most yep. part, any army that was made one hundred percent brand new for Age of Sigmar, I, it it was on an eight to ten scale for me. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe I gave, like, a seven to one of them. As far as, like, the sort of objective, I think, aesthetics. And my subjective yeah. aesthetics bounced everywhere. Because, like, I, I... Like, IDK. IDK is an army I'd probably rate at an eight or a nine. I think I rated it at an eight or a nine. But personally, a five. I'm very, like... You know, like... It's very meh to me. Like, I just... I don't care yeah. so much about the fish elves and the, the stuff like that. But, like, I love what they did with the army... I love the like fishmen. Uh, I love the poses of the thralls. I love the uh, the little fish friends. Like I, I the the Eidolon is one of the actual coolest models. So like if I take Eidolon separately, it'd be ten out of ten. 
but like then you put it back in and like there's just these little things that like i don't like the eels i don't like the sharks i don't get why they went super fantastical with this stuff and they went super realistic with this other stuff i'm like just go all fantasy ko is another one of those uh if you love Aetherpunk, eight nine ten easily but personally yep. five it's not my thing and i felt that way about a lot of stuff where i'm like i'm like that's probably a success if it's i go this exists for somebody 10 stars but it's not for me five yeah. stars and i think what ends up happening is you really as a player you find that army that is yours yep and interestingly enough ko is my newest army <laughs> interesting yeah i mean yeah. And, and that's the thing is like i have to like there's the there's the meme make fun of it side of me that wants to just like make fun of the armies i don't like uh like stupid burbs i think burbs and blobs are idiots or idiot blobs in zinch you're just like oh look it's a melting dildo it's called a flamer i'm like that eh, that's not nice <laughs> like it's just like a tri dildo like a trido and it's melting kind of and it's just squiggly oh yeah that's an interesting model not like oh look at these yeah. look at these horrors they're just little blobbies they look like someone chewed up gum and stretched it out and then it's and then it got like hard oh <laughs> awesome like what if slimer looked like it like a worse idiot do you want to play that? Do you want to play a hundred of those? No, no, I don't. Well, here's your army. Like, oh, and then let's take like really awesome, like, uh, like gladiators, make them a little pudgy and give them stupid bird heads. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't like the army. <laughs> and then like, and yet like Andrew yells paints. It's just gorgeous looking. I'm looking at him like, this is, this is beautiful. What you've done here. I just can't wrap my head around that. Like, I gave him my favorite army vote, ob objectively speaking. I'm like, this is a great-looking army. But then, like, I'm like, but it's stupid idiot blobs and d melting dildos and stupid birds, with the exception of Lord of Change. Lord you did an Lord amazing Lord. paint job on a melted dildo. You did like, an amazing, the best. The turd. <laughs> yeah, way to go. I'm like, Lord of Change I do think looks sweet, by the way. So don't at me about Lord of Change. Lord of Change is sweet. Um... The named one, which has a slight variant, yeah. looks really sweet. Like those are really fucking cool. Um, they remind me of Murgos Wet Nurse from from Bloodborne, which is just hell yeah. Uh, Murgos Wet Nurse is cool, um, and I like crows specifically. So anytime you lean into the crow theme, I'm like hell yeah. But when it's like it looks like a parrot, which is what most Zinch does, I'm just like this is dumb. Pirates are dumb, and parrots are dumb. This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so like so there's like my straight heat how much i don't like an army but on the other hand i could be like oh yeah i see how people love this yep. <laughs> like, um, um <coughs> so so no i promise i don't have corona <laughs> you promise you don't have the corona the covid 19 even though you worship nurgle yeah i know it, it it's really funny i've been trying to convince people that like during this like you know, this period with that we're all dealing with the COVID-19 that we all need to be making Nurgle content just like thematically, it seems to make sense. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah. Well, I, I we had this booked before our, our country admitted it was a problem, though, is the thing. Yeah. Like we can go to the tape and you can check my Twitter, like when I posted the thing, um, the schedule, like I had you on, you're, you're the Nurgle guy. I'm like, we're going to talk Nurgle. And then, like, COVID comes out, and I'm like, we should be talking more about Nurgle. And then we spent one hour talking about OBR and uh, and playing Path to Glory. <laughs> so, like, yeah. suck it, COVID. Um, uh, Rantcast won't won't conform to you. 
No, I, I, I think that, I think that, that Nurgle is always relevant because I do think it's a, uh, it's got that balance between new player slash veteran. Like it's, it's got a really yep. good balance. Um, the problem is, is like, it's very much an AOS 1.0 book right now and it just yeah. needs to be a 2.0 book. Um, yeah, it was the first 2.0 book, which makes it practically. Yeah, yeah. And where they've gone with like 2.0, like we had the activation wars, I think those have subsided. Um, but Nurgle yeah. at its core, what it kind of does, and this is, this is uh, I mean, a hot take number four for the night. I think me making fun of Zinch was probably <laughs> hot take three. Um, yeah. The, uh, like, it, it, they do that thing where like they're super tanky, but also fast. And that's a little yep. bit of the Ossiarch Bone Reapers Petrifex Elite thing where, like, they're super tanky, but then also they have tons of rend. And so you're just like, yeah. you know, like, these are, like, two things that I can see if Nurgle gets, like, gets a new book, I can see it becoming a contentious army. Right now it's not. Um, yeah. I'm Nurgle was very big when I was getting into Age of Sigmar, but, like, I played specifically Nagash even when KO was around. And no Nurgle player would will have ever admitted that they needed their spells to be good, but they did, and Nagash just shut it down. So like, I was a really hard counter even before the sixty Grim Ghast Reapers happened. I was like, I just shut down the army. And we had like a slap fight at the middle of the table, but like, I won because they couldn't get any of their spells off, and so it was just like a horrible game games for Nurgle against me. But like, that's warped my perception. I'm trying to remember: did people? Was there a point in time when people didn't like like Nurgle? I don't. I don't think so. There was a brief period, and we can all blame Ton Lyons for uh, that from Warhammer Weekly. Oh, the Taliban, uh, right? Yeah, the, the Plague Touch Warband. Plague Touch Warband. Uh, where it was just a battalion that gave your entire army basically minus one to hit. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just the most demoralizing thing to play against. Mm-hmm. And a, if you were running that list, people just had a negative opinion from the start. Because every time they attacked you, it was minus one to hit. Yeah. And then you had your, usually you had your uh, disgustingly resilient, depending, right? Like, Yeah. It, it was just such a strong defensive army and that like people just didn't know what to do with it sometimes. But also they were fast. They were blazing fast. So... It was strong defense that got to get to its objectives and be there with, you know, 30 dudes. Or like 10 yeah. guys that you can't kill and will kill you off the table because it's, you know, uh, right. light kings. Um, Soren, real quick to touch on COVID here. I, I think, and, and what Soren says here is he's, he's like, I just sent someone home uh, for quarantine for COVID-19 exposure. Um, so that that's why I think I personally am, am not doing the like, Haha, <laughs> COVID Nurgle thing because I think it could read as insensitive right now because there are some people, like I don't think, I think the toilet paper memes are fucking hilarious. By the way, keep those yes. coming, keep them coming, internet. They're fucking hilarious, and I've been laughing at at COVID nineteen memes for a while now. Like now that's switched to like the isolation memes, which are even funnier still. So like uh, yes. you know, like Bane being told by the TV to uh you know, like socially isolate and like, you know, socially isolate and like stay home. And, and then like, it's just like has Bane except it has like a uh, gamers and it just says 
like isolation i was born into this like, <laughs> like i'm like i'm like i'm loving that stuff but like oh, yeah. but on the other hand it's like you know making light of like nurgle's about the love man um not the very yeah go on the, the thing that i think people get wrong about nurgle fluff wise um, people see like the decay and pestilence and death and all of that stuff. Nurgle is all about the love, man. Yeah. Nurgle just loves life. Mm-hmm. And the thing that people get wrong about it is that he just doesn't care about quality of life. <laughs> he, cares about, he cares about quantity of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you have to sacrifice you know, one person, but that breeds like millions of maggots, man. Like there's such a quantity and abundance of life that comes from Nurgle's gifts. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. Like a true, I love that you're going full propaganda mode, which is what you should do from the onset. Don't try to like bring any levity two sides of the story. I want the unabashed love for your army. That's what I want from everybody. If you love your, I don't care if you're a Zinch player right now. I just shit on Zinch. If you love Zinch, fucking lean in, man. I I will not fault the passionate Zinch player who's just like, you know, I've always loved Zinch. It's filthy right now. Sure, I'm going to play the filthy thing. I'm going to play the chain shows. And I'm going to bring the flamers, yada, yada, yada. Like, I won't even fault you for doing that. If you're like the, the S tier, the most busted army in the game. I won't be mad as long as I see that fire and that passion across from me. I'm like, like this guy loves his army. Hell yeah, your day in the sun. Fucking go to town and uh to bring it back to nurgle though like uh nurgle needs more ability to spread armor ren due to rust i would like to see i would like to see nurgle looking a lot like petrifex elite but with speed if that makes sense and so what i'm saying is petrifex i want a stronger petrifex elite (laughs) is, (laughs) is what i'm saying but what i want them to dial back on is like the the bodies and a little bit of the damage so like like i want you to have rend like across the army i want to see some exploding sixes um like i think the summoning table needs to like be more elite i think that would be how i would change it because i want you to be awesome i want you to be fast i want you to i want you to be even harder to kill than than a more tech guard um yeah. like like blight blight kings should never die like you should have six of them. Yeah. You know, they come in unit. What do they come in units of five or three? Yeah, five. they come in units five. of five. Uh, they should be costed to where you only ever run five. You know, like maybe thirty of them max, right? And yep. like, and they should never fucking die. Like, and then it's just like, how long can you chaff them up or hide <laughs> from them? And like, can you swarm around the table? Like, I will. You can kill ten ungor ungors in your in your turn, but you're they're going to be four inches away from my other unit, and you know like Nurgle yeah. has Petrifex, but no one uses Locust correctly. Yeah, I mean, it, Light Kings are like the original thing that was really tough to kill and had good offense, and tons of damage with the exploding the the exploding sixes, especially when you could up. You know, Blades of petrif- uh, Petrification plus the Exploding Sixes. Like, they really slap shit. Um, yeah, and Nurgle can hit really, really hard when you build it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Excuse me for one moment. I have to cough again. Yep. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just having trouble swallowing water tonight. Like, water is a major challenge. And I you don't know, know why water is such an issue. It's because you were on the uh, gin and tonic earlier slightly, and then you switched to water, and your body is like, nah, man, give us that good shit. Yeah, and it was really good gin, too. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to take a quick aside and say it was a bottle of gin that um, a friend of mine gave me for my birthday that is also a gin lover, um, and it's a barrel-aged gin, so it's aged in, like, bourbon barrels, so it gets that extra flavor of both, like, the wood and of the bourbon from, like, the previously used barrels, uh-huh. and just really creates this, like, awesome, complex uh, f- flavor to it. It's fantastic. That's like that makes me want to try gin, and I'm just like I'm not a gin guy. Like, but I'm like, yeah, I would try that gin. I'm like, yeah, I, I totally try. I, ch- I check it. I'd try some gin if that was was the profile there. Um, Chaos Bond says um, the actual problem is that the crucial components like Harbinger and Guo and Guo are stuck on those pieces instead of any army wide buff like Petrifex or Zinch. Yeah, and, and I think that we if we get changes like that, um, I don't, I am I am here advocating for 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 I want I want to I want to reset this. I am actually advocating for Nurgle to be the next Petrifex Elite. Like I'm fine with yeah. that. Like I so I like 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 I'm gonna get a bunch of ats and they're like he wants Petrifex Elite but better. I'm like, Flare Slayers is already a thing as long as they don't fucking teleport. Like <laughs> you know, yeah. As long as they don't teleport or activate twice, like you can, you can have great abilities. But you get like you get two great abilities. You get two tens. You get two ten out of tens. You have durability and offense, but then you can't have mobility and shenanigans. Like, you, like if this is a sliding bar of of like of bust of making things broken, you know, you can't be one drop and be the most mobile thing in the world. And you know, like you got to be careful what you pair up. I'm okay with Nurgle having like really great damage. I want the old. I want the old Blight Kings back. I want the fear, because you kind of should. They're not Blight Lords or Blight Knights. They're Blight Kings. It's fucking five kings fighting you, like hell yeah! Like they should be yeah. just metal. <laughs> like just metal as fuck. Yeah, I mean they're, they're four wounds each. Like they are practically heroes, each and every one of them. Yeah, so I mean, as you you put the, as long as the points are right, then hell yeah, make them bonkers. Um, and I think army yeah. making the buffs army wide, just moving away from the Venn diagram of buffs is a very AOS 2.0 thing to me now. It, it feels like for a little bit they were playing around with holy within, and then yep. they're like, no, this is terrible. Let's stop that. And it was a better yeah. decision because the holy within stuff was too restrictive for where the game went with objectives especially ghb 2019 so many spread out objectives like so you have these armies that had a bunch of holy within stuff or even just like you know 12 inch buffs and not enough bodies to stretch out to absorb them across the table like they moved into these this this sort of like counterintuitive army build versus objectives on the in the game and i think they've kind of learned the lesson with I mean, even like things like Maw Tribes have rules where it's just like you're either hungry or you're eating. You either have the, the, the movement buff or the bravery buff. It's like you just have it. I, I They've moved away from that Holy Within. And I think that's good. The Holy Within buff should be like amazing shit. 
right? Like, yes. because it's so restrictive. It should just be bonkers. You know, plus one to hit, that's a holy within thing for me. That's plus one to, or not plus one to hit, plus one attack. That makes sense for holy within. That's a really good steroid. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I could see them maintaining their mobility. And, and I do think that that's going to be what people will complain about with a new Nurgle book. Is, is like, the tanky army being highly mobile. And and I think that that's almost more of a problem than the tanky army being killy. Yeah. Because combat will always take time. Will always take time in the round. You know? Right. Like... I just had a quarantini, vitamin C powder and vodka. <laughs> uh, which one's uh, Russ Peeler there, Physics? I'm sorry, I haven't read the Nurgle book in a while. Or if you know what Russ Peeler is. Are you talking about the Rust Fang? Perhaps. Yeah, the Rust Fang is an artifact that... Um, uh, whenever they get the combat phase, they can pick one enemy unit within three inches and give it minus one to to save for the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. So, like, they fucking rend you. They rust your armor. That's sweet. Hell, yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. There's there's actually a lot of things in Nurgle that can debuff armor. Um, you can take the um, Blight Sis Battalion that gives all of your Blight Kings rend, which is... Like, it can be completely ridiculous against certain armies. Um, you have Festus the Leech Lord. He has a spell that gives units uh, minus one to save for the rest of the game. You have the Rust Fang that gives out minus one to save for the rest of the game. And you have um, Favored Poxes, one of the demon spells that uh, also gives out a minus one to save. So you can get somebody down, like, with a... a uh, Blightsis Battalion, you can get somebody to minus four to their save. So what you're saying is you can beat Petrifex Elite with a tailored Nurgle list. Yes, if you tailored <laughs> your Nurgle list to just be all armor debuff all the time, yeah. uh, you could just drill Petrifex Elite into the ground because they would have no saves. Reroll <laughs> <laughs> re your seven up save, loser. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I um... No, I, I see. I, I think I do think right now Nurgle has gas in the tank. I, I think especially with some of these new these newer battalions that we're seeing, what yeah. what reads wrong to me with with current Nurgle is the cost of heroes specifically, and they address battalions the sort of yeah. last pass. Um, cost of heroes specifically are just in they're just inconsistent. Um, and yeah. I think that exacerbates the fact that like their steroids or their buffs are hinged to to pieces rather than the army. And the fact that you have to buy these yeah. overcosted pieces to get your force multipliers. I, and then you have yeah. to continue to position correctly in a game where position is like kind of the most important thing, but that also means people are trying to deny you good position. So I, yeah. It, the annoying thing about the heroes, like I like what they did thematically with the heroes, that they gave almost all of them seven wounds, which is Nurgle's number. Right. Right. So everybody's got seven wounds, but then you have to play pay the premium in points for seven wounds. Like that's forty percent more than the standard five wound hero. So you're you've got to pay a premium for it. Well, the, I mean, and here's the thing: is like if that's your thing, the army, 
make it free. Yeah. They don't need to put it into the cost because they can put they can play with the costs elsewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, if that's your thing, you know, put it into the opportunity costs of things you can you 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 have to take or, or in a different way that isn't points because points has a trickle down effect, especially with auto include heroes. Is it means you can't right. take the gas you you've got the gas, but you don't have an actual vehicle to put it in anymore. Yeah. Like, and and that's what ends up ha- that's what has kind of happened that's my read on Nurgle right now for, from the outsider perspective is that like is like you kind of have to buy your heroes you have to buy your heroes at a premium but now you can't buy the stuff that makes an army an army and I think that's where my my ultimate sort of read is on the army yeah it, that's I think a few points adjustments of like 10 or 20 points to a bunch of different units uh, specifically the heroes would make a world of difference to how this army plays and how it builds. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've kind of talked about, I think the the problems and we've talked a little bit about the goods, but do you want to, do you want to give me like a, uh, your sort of bullet point thoughts on like the best of Nurgle? Like what is, what is it Nurgle that's just doing great? Why uh, be a propaganda machine? Why am I playing Nurgle? Uh, What do I need to be aware of? Uh, So, yeah. Let's talk about the thing that you had touched on a couple of times, the mobility of Nurgle. Mm-hmm. Because it's not obvious on the surface how mobile Nurgle is. Right. Um, because you look at Blight Kings and they move four inches. Mm-hmm. Um, your Feculent Gnarlmaw, your uh, terrain piece that you get to put on the board uh, for free, that lets you run in, it lets you run in charge within seven inches of it. Um, and it's not wholly within, it's just within. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, what makes that even better is the host that I've been exclusively taking since Wrath of the Everchosen came out, uh, the Blessed Sons, that lets you use uh, the at-the-double generic command ability, the one that lets you run six inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use that one... You use it once. And all of your Blight King you use it once. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. You cut out for a moment there. You use it once, and then you cut out. You can use it once per turn for free, with no command point. Nice. So, so now, you're, now you're move ten running and charging. You're move ten running and charging, but it's more than that because Blight Kings are also plus one to run and plus one to charge. So you're move eleven, plus the charge, and then that charge is going to be theoretically re-rolling because you're going to try to keep something up with it to give your actual spend of a command point a re-roll right but wait there's more (laughs) (laughs) but wait there's Um, more the uh the cycle of contagion spot number one gives you board wide plus two to movement hell yeah and your, your great unclean one if you build it with the Doomsday Bell... You got a di- the, dinner, you, the Dinner Bell. Yeah, the Dinner Bell gives you plus three to movement within seven inches of the Great Unclean one. So what is it, are we up to 16 inches of, mo- of guaranteed movement right now? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so most deployments are about 18 inches? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're, you're looking at a 23-inch threat? now this is alpha (laughs) god and then then let's add on to that right like your other fast moving unit your actual fast moving unit is your puscoil blight lords 
they move eight inches and they fly. Yeah. Then you've got your um, Lord of Afflictions. He's got a command ability that can give them an additional eight inches of movement. So they're moving 16. And then they get within the tree and they can run and charge. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, that run is now automatically six inches for free. So they're moving 22 inches plus a charge. And they're flying. So like, and they're flying. yeah, little boy, you're going to hell. Like they're, and they, they, they slap shit. They're, they're two models. And so they have the downside that I, I will always harp on because more gas are kind of our, there are uh parallel. I want to see, yep. I want to see Pusquels go down another 20 points. It's aggressive, yep. but it, they can afford it's, it's still just two models and they can't be everywhere. I mean, they kind of can, but like, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's, it's still just too much. Like I, I just, I want them to come down another 20 points. Um, yeah. Because I want to justify more gas coming down another 20 points. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I love, I mean, they're cool models. I, I think people are starting to, to play them uh, again. I, I feel yeah. like it went like there was a year where I didn't see them on the table. Um, yeah, but they tap the points down a little bit and I'm like, yes, now people are starting to bring them out again. Uh, plus the combos that you've got that you just highlighted, uh, part of the missing combo, I think really being the wrath of the ever chosen, uh, hosts. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Which by the way, next hot take, I got to call them out. I'm going to call it out. Okay. Um, I think in the wrath of the ever chosen review that they did on Warhammer weekly, they just like buzzed over the Nurgle stuff like really fast and didn't really give it much credence. Hmm. And like, particularly the, the blessed sons host. And like, this is the most absurd thing that makes Nurgle actually playable in like way more competitive than it ever was before. Yeah. Like getting a run of six for free every turn, which you were doing anyway, all the time. Like, and the real thing that that does is it frees up command points. So now you can run a harbinger of decay and hit that command point or that command ability every turn so you always have that five up ward save yeah. on a whole bunch of blight kings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it says. Have plus one command point a turn. It's like you. you yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want plus one command point a turn? To just yeah, overly simplify it. I mean, it's 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 just it's cool. And they're already. I think this the other half of this is that Nurgle has always been really resistant to shooting. You know, like yep. they they have they just like drop accidental penalties or saves against shooting on the on the ground as an army um i you add in the mobility the fact that like you're kind of resistant to the terrain pieces because you can maneuver around when when shooting armies you know need to kind of drop and shoot and you can you can get really you can get really cagey with your deployments with nurgle um yep i think what 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 we're seeing is that like nurgle finds itself also favorable in the meta the meta that that yep. ultimately doesn't matter uh, from one of the videos we <laughs> talked about earlier, but I mean, if if you're looking at like a tournament meta, and I think in general, like even from a new player perspective, because there is a recency bias in our game. People play the new stuff. I don't think it's just because the new stuff is better. On my on the last the last episode of Rantcast, I laid out, you know, oh, do you think that like there's power creep and so on and so forth? I'm like, no, I think there's a new bar of good, and the armies are are uh, reaching for that bar right now we had 12 books in a year 
and I listed like four books that were the oldest books and still great. Flesh of Court, Skaven, like still great. Like Slanash, still pretty goddamn great. Those are like the three first releases. I think Blades of Corn was in there as well. Like it obviously it's not just the most recent shit is the best. Come on. Like that's such a lazy take. Um, but I do believe there's a recency bias in our game that people play the new shit. Whether it gets new models. Yes. Uh, it gets, we talk about it a lot. Look at the, the culture of content creation. Usually we talk about the new stuff. So we go, you know, what's awesome. Like people are going to go out and start playing blessed sons because you're like, you know, what's awesome. Paul Conti said, this is awesome. And people are going to start playing it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you the other thing that I've been playing a lot lately and I've had really good results with it. And I, you know, just chatting with other Nurgle players, I've heard the same thing. It's running a unit of four Puskoil of Light Lords and a Lord of Afflictions to get that 22-inch threat. That it, it, They're just such an incredibly mobile unit. You can, like, alpha block with them because they, they have that five-up after save and a four-up save, So and they're seven wounds each. You just throw them into the, your opponent, and you're like, "Okay, chew through this." No, you just and you, you're, you're costing them time. You're saying, "Here you go, like punching, you punching at work to chink." Like you're going to be here a while. Yeah, yep. And then in a lot of missions, they just they're threatening a lot of places on the board at once, just because they are so mobile. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's there's a finesse to Nurgle that. I talked about this is a good army for like for newer players. This is a good army for newer players. Uh, I think newer players are going to overlook some of the finesse of the army. They're going to yeah. see, they're going to see a like okay, I can be pretty high resilient. They're going to look at the, like some of the flashier stuff. And I think as a newer player, I I'm, I'm going through kind of my own. I'm sort of self assessing here as as I'm characterizing other people. But I think when you're a newer player, you tend to like lean defensive early. Just even, yep. even how you play the game, you try to bunker up a little bit more. And it takes a while to get the confidence. Unless you're an orc player. If you're an orc player, then you're all alpha all the time. But like but like there's a there's a there's a allure to playing defensively and you need to unlock that part of your brain that goes, No, 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 no. I want to be imposing my will on the table. And Nurgle is best when it's imposing its will on the table, not just bunkering. Yeah, and that's thematically what Nurgle does too. Like the the whole idea is that, that like you're spreading the corruption, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's what the feculent gnarl maw, the tree, is supposed to be like representing, like the spread of con- corruption, spread of contagion. Um, and I see a couple of people in the chat talking about the Nurgle trees. Um, this is one of the things that I actually math hammered a while ago, and I still stand by that. Uh, summoning trees for the purpose of getting more contagion is just not advantageous to you. You don't get, um, you don't break even on the contagion on average until turn five. So, like, that's the way wrong too way too late, way too late, to right? Break. But what they're excellent for is you can summon them later in the game. And because of the way, like, the wording and the timing is, you can run a unit out and have, you know, a hero behind them somewhere to be, like, your locus for summoning, and then summon a tree in 
that is within seven inches of your unit that just ran. So now they can run and charge. So you're kind of like surprising your opponent with, oh, by the way, I can run and charge over here now too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's um, awesome. <laughs> it is. It's just like your opponent does, like I've never run into anybody that was like, oh yeah, I saw that coming. Uh-huh. Like no, nobody sees the second tree for the purpose of, Running charge strategically I mean, coming what, at what, what you just did is you traded you traded your your summoning points for run and charge is like yes. what you kind of is in essence did which we've seen some stuff like blood tithe just giving you like hit button receive receive buff um Nurgle is kind of doing a little bit of that yeah and when I said earlier and this this comes back to mm-hmm. to kind of uh, one of my points about Nurgle is I want Nurgle to be like like S tier buff S tier great in a couple of categories. Not S tier overall as the army, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. S tier great in mobility, S tier great in this. But I want their trade-off to be with their summoning to not to not be summon tons of bodies. I want it to be steroids like that. Where you you replenish your bodies by all means. Like, regen is something Nurgle just seems like it should do. But like, 30 plague bearers, 30 plague bearers, 30 plague bearers. I don't want to see that for Nurgle because I want kind of in their sort of esoteric cost of balancing the army to be like, no, no, no. Everything they have right now is fucking great. And then from there, I want to see that drop the tree for the speed boost. I want to, I want to see that kind of play from Nurgle. Yep. And the big thing that I use summoning for other than summoning the tree for the speed boost is honestly, it's just like I summon plague bearers usually like five at a time and just put them in the way somewhere. Oh yeah, this is this is how I yeah. use Ungors. Yeah, like it, they're just a speed bump for, for your opponent. Like you have to fight through this thing first, and then you get to go on the next turn to go to the place that you wanted to go. Yeah, you have to fight or Maybe go around. Summon more crap in your way. Yeah, you have to fight or go around. This is exactly how I use Ungors. It's like that. That's why it's just like it's going to cost you time. Oh, do infinity damage by all means. Do infinity damage, but uh. You're gonna take the turn to do it. Sorry, yep. buddy. <laughs> and then when you have layers yeah. upon layers, uh, I mean that's that's one of those. Why do they remove sacred numbers? That's an interesting question. Uh, physics here says why do they remove interesting or uh, remove sacred numbers? I don't know. Uh, the sacred numbers are very prevalent in the Nurgle book, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very prevalent. Um, because all of the uh, summoning amounts are, uh, you know, uh, they're all divisible by seven. Yeah, I, I think that um, that the number seven being Nurgle's number works against the army from a design standpoint a lot of time because the temptation yeah. to make all your spells cast on a seven is too great, and I'm just like, come on, like it's fluffy and cool. But then give me casters with bonuses to cast, you know, reliably. You know, whereas, like, having six for your number feels a lot better when you're Slanesh and all your spells cast on sixes. So Yeah. Having most of your spells cast on seven hurts. It hurts a lot. I, I've played a lot of heavy heavy casting armies, and it's just like, that seven, I can't even bet on that as a tactic. Like, as a strategy yeah. for it to go off, it's a gamble. It's a, If it goes off, it's good, yeah. and I feel awesome. But I'm not betting on it. Like I'm making yeah. my game game decisions based on it won't go off. But if it does, cool. 
Like, and, and, and I think that that's, that's one of those things that makes like that Nurgle play style, what it should be is you're going out and you're spreading corruption that, that brings people back into that more conservative defensive bunkery play style because you can't bet on your spells. And I think that that's, that's a, a design I would like to see go away. The two ways of handling it's quaint that they cast on sevens, give the spellcasters yep. bonuses to cast easy fix. Yep, and, and that's really the reason why so much of the time I rate run a great unclean one with the bile blade that lets you get plus one cast. Yeah, bell and blade, right? Yeah. Like that's how you you kind of go. Yeah, bell and blade. Yeah, um, it, it's really strong to have that plus one to cast. Um, there's also an artifact that gives you plus one to cast for spells that are from the spell lore. Um. So that's really strong as well. But it's it only goes on demons. So you can either put it on your Great Unclean one or your um, Poxbringer. Yeah. That was... Um, that's basically all you can do with it. Yeah. The other cute thing you can do with the summoning in Nurgle is you can summon heroes. Um, and it's only for 14 Contagion, which is relatively easy to get to. And that is, like, a fun thing to do in those couple of scenarios where heroes cap objectives. It gives you that, like, ace in the hole of, like, oh, I can just throw a hero onto this objective and capture it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool to have, like, what what a summoning board to me is, is, like, is tools. Right? And, like, you, you talked about, like, Nurgle being the, this, like, toolbox army. If their summoning leads into the tools with... with dudes you can bring on because like your heroes are really cool looking they're, they're some of the coolest in the yep. game um like your toolbox in terms of summoning heroes and yada 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 i mean this is where like uh plague bearers should still be a play style of the army because i know there's a lot of people out there who just love 90 plague bearers like they just they actually genuinely love that so i'm not saying like don't don't do that when i when i talk about making nurgle more elite but i mean to make that what i want is that newer petrifex elite you know i want to see that like elite that murders you coming from nurgle like i think that they're that's a really good place seven wound heroes you know four wound battle line like yada yada like there's just it just feels like it's really like it'd be a really great uh sort of build style for the army plus the fluff of the army yeah sevens to cast spells but like sevens to cast spells doesn't fully communicate onto the table to does this play like nurgle plays right like sevens is, is a quaint little number you see but like it should play like that that spreading out and and infesting and assaulting. I feel like that almost seems more nurgly. Uh, if they can do yep. something with terrain, what if they contain like they contaminate terrain? You know more yep. as more part of the play style. They're actually like show that like they fuck up Sylvaneth. You know by being able to corrupt army terrain pieces. What if it's not even table terrain pieces? What if they can corrupt army terrain pieces? Like um, it's very, is, there it's very, is an artifact that can corrupt terrain pieces. Right on, right on. But like making that like yeah. kind of a free it needs thing. To be better, but... <laughs> like making making a kind of a free thing the army does because you can do some of these things that are like wildly. I mean, it's, uh, uh, Seraphon do the opposite, right? They kind of buff terrain for them and and nerf it for you on accident. It's just a bonus thing that the army does. I would like to see allegiance abilities that go in that direction. And now, Chacking's got a few questions for you uh, to answer right. while I uh, mysteriously vanish. So, are you ready for this? Are you ready to fly solo on Rancast? 
Oh, I am. I'm always ready to fly solo. I, <laughs> I am a one man wolf pack. All right on, man. All right. So the first question from chat gang, uh, coming from, uh, Buck, uh, actually, I think I had one earlier. Where was it? Um, Buckets. Question from Paul. Yeah. Are you rating Marauders in Nurgle? Been looking uh, at getting a 40 block uh, for my first Nurgle list. So that's the first question from Chat Gang. So there's an interesting issue with running Marauders in particular um, and, and STD stuff in general. I feel like with a Nurgle list, you kind of either need to go all in on the Magakin stuff, like all of the stuff that's in the Battle Tome. Or you need to go really all in on the Slaves to Darkness stuff. Because each one very uh, restrictive buffs. So your Slaves to Darkness stuff is only buffing Slaves to Darkness. And your Nurgle stuff is generally only buffing uh, you know, your demons or your Rotbringers. There's a couple of things that will just generally buff mortals or generally buff all Nurgle. So I think you kind of have to just pick a gear and really go in that direction. Um, Marauders, I think, are really good. They're a very good option, but you need to kind of like build your whole list around running a big block of Marauders, probably more than one big block of Marauders. Like, I think they're good. I think it's a good option to run. And you can run, you know, backing that up, the... Um, Slaves to Darkness, uh, Sorcerer Lord, uh, to get them the rerolls and run behind them with a Harbinger of Decay to give them the five up after save uh, to make them more resilient so they don't just you know fall to a stiff breeze like they typically do. Um, so I think that's a good combination to work there. It's something that it's certainly there to think about, but it it kind of degrades some of the synergy of the rest of your army. If you just throw in, you know, a block of marauders. So I, I'm more in favor of kind of going all in, in one direction or the other. Um, the next uh, question I saw is from bucket ninja um, running the Rotbringer sorcerer versus the slaves to darkness sorcerer um, kind of going in the same idea. It's, do you go with um, a lot of Rotbringer stuff or do you go with a lot of Slaves to Darkness stuff? If you're going with Rotbringer stuff, you probably want the Rotbringer Sorcerer. If you are going more Slaves to Darkness, then you probably want the Sorcerer Lord. It, it just kind of depends on which one is going to be more synergistic with the list that you're running. Um, and personally, I've been running the... Uh, Plague Cyst and the Blessed Sons Battalions. Um, like the like the Mega Battalion Blessed Sons, that's like 40 points. Um, and that forces you to run a Rotbringer Sorcerer. So that um, kind of like automatically makes your decision for you. It also lets you have a one-drop list, which is really valuable these days. Like not a lot of armies have a one-drop anymore. And Nurgle kind of has this, like, hidden-in-the-corner one-drop that nobody really uses um, that I think is really powerful, and I think more people should use it. So, welcome back to your own channel. Thank you. I took a little while. Yeah, yeah. Did you get through all the questions? Uh, I only got through two. All right, so the next um, up, then, was uh, from AOS Coach. If you were 
uh, to find yourself at a tournament against OBR, Zinch, and KO. Which units or tools, I love that we're using the word tools here because we're bringing it back to kind of a core of the discussion. What tools does Nurgle have to to best handle the meta armies who have uh, wild, widely different play styles? Um, I think the running a blight cyst list is probably your best option for those particular armies because what you're getting out of that is you have the extra ren to deal with obr and ko now also tends to be a relatively high armor army so you're going to be able to crack their armor better particularly if they're like running a three up save ironclad into you you want to have ren to take that armor down to blow up the ship mm -hmm. um you also get the Lord of Lights with that, and he has the command ability that gives you minus one to hit in the shooting phase. That will slow down KO quite a bit, and it also will slow down the uh, Flamers out of Zinch a little bit. Um, I think dealing with horrors in Zinch, I'm not that worried about, because you have a decent amount of just raw damage output, raw uh, wound output from Blight Kings. So I think that's a pretty good choice against Zinch. Like, you can chew through their horrors pretty quickly and then get to um, the Flamers after that. And then you can also use Puscoils to, like, jump over the lines and get to the Flamers. Uh, the Flamers are pretty flimsy once you actually get them in combat. So if you can Alpha Strike them and hit the Flamers... Um, we already went over the, the which, speed that you're bringing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're I, I, well, well fielded, I think. Uh, uh, the next question, uh, who wins in a fight, uh, Nagash or Papa Nurgle? I'll go ahead and field this one. Uh, Nagash, because your disease don't mean shit against the Agata. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Uh, if you're playing against legions of Nagash, oh, I'm sorry, you're talking army wise. I thought you meant lore wise. Army wise, I mean, I think uh, legions of Nagash is probably a pretty good matchup for Nurgle. Um, I but mean, Nagash, as... Nagash specifically, yes. I think Lon without Nagash, uh, it's it favor you. I mean, you're you've got the mobility in general and. Uh, and damage. As long as you don't fall for our tar pit traps with our skeletons, I think yep. you can you can take it to us. Yeah. In, in terms of fluff, I mean, come on. Like, Nurgle is the elder chaos god. He is the first chaos god. <laughs> really think some, like, upstart death god is going to uh, actually be up. able to take on the, the grandfather? Uh, the, the upstart death god, thank you very much. <laughs> The. He ate all the other ones, not ah, the. <laughs> Listen, Nurgle was born a god. Nagash had to ascend to godhood. Which means he is driven and motivated, and Nurgle is rather, uh, you know, like complacent, which is its own weakness. <laughs> I mean, Nurgle also has a beautiful garden. You cannot deny the garden. Okay, I'm sure it's amazing, and it probably creates tons of corpses that uh, give Nagash souls. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I love it. I you love know, it. <laughs> funny aside, Nurgle is the only army that has actually got me starting to read the army lore. Like the the fluff section of the battle tome. Like this is the only army where I've ever read that. See, I I think that's a great indicator of when you found the one. By the way, like I really yep. think that that uh, to bring it back to some of the earlier stuff we were talking about. That Nurgle is very much your Age of Sigmar army. Like, you might be OG Empire, um, you know, Warhammer Fantasy Battle. I it, I am fortunate that I was originally Army Book Undead, so that's just a wide net. You know, like, I was going to find something undead in, in the new world that I love. Um, but I, I, I do think that there's something to be said for... <laughs> Pocket Ninja, don't let Paul sh talk shit about Nagash. <laughs> thanks, for the, <laughs> thanks for the biddies, buddy. Um... No, it's, it's, no, I, I think that that's a really important thing is when you find that army that has you like consuming the lore. I, I'm seeing this right now with my buddy Bryce, friend of the channel, uh, from the, uh, Basement of Death crew. They do their, they do their podcast, uh, they're playing and slaying, um, him with Lumineth, like watching him go through the same like hype, every model, he's just like, yes, show me more. Like when you have that in Age of Sigmar, and I think most people have that are going to have an opportunity to really find an army that resonates with them. And honestly, if you're, if your thing is loving the new thing and that gives you that deep excitement, like every time there's a new thing, that's what I don't hate on meta chasers that I think that's a lazy ass take. Um, like bandwagon starts somewhere, man. Like if you stick around, you're just a fan. Uh, so like, you know, fuck off with that snobbery, elitism, gatekeeping bullshit. People can love what they love. Um, but, but no, like at some point though, you find that one that makes you read the lore. You know, you find that one that makes you go, I want to collect every model. You find yeah. one where, like, suddenly you're RPing as, like, if you're a member of that army, you know, in my case, pretending I'm a literal necromancer and evil and <laughs> and you, like, talking about how great the garden is. At some point, you find that army. And, yeah. and I want that army to always be great. I want everyone... I want it to be three, three stooges. I want it to be all A and S tier armies fighting to get through the door at any time. And your army is yep. great and amazing and over the top. And my army is great and amazing and over the top. And it comes down to playing the game. It comes down to having like enough raw counters in the meta to where like, yeah, I crush five out of 10 of the armies, but five out of the 10 of the other armies crush me. And like, that makes its own sort of inherent balance. Like I want yep. that. Because I want you to, when you play your army at the end of the day, to feel like you are playing that army that made you fall in love with it. That you, when you put the models on the table, I'm like, hell yeah, dinosaur bones, bitch, I don't die. Like, I, that feeling I get when I play Petrifex Elite. I want you to have that when you're like, I'm spreading the disease and taking over your territory. Like, I want everyone to always have that army that resonates that deeply. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. Like, I want everybody's army to, like, to play the way the fluff says, you know, to actually play well on the table, everybody to be able to enjoy their time. And really, I think balance-wise, in Age of Sigmar in general, we have, like, three armies right now that are outliers. And if those outliers get corrected, we have an amazing balanced game that yes. everybody can play with their toys yes. and everybody it really becomes just about like play skill and list building skill yes um and not just you know picking the broken army 
Right, right. And, and like you said, there's some outliers. They get corrected in time, and I do think that we've seen that. So Nash, by the way, gave me hope that... that I didn't have hope that, that GW would fix Slanesh correctly. I didn't... It wasn't in my body. I'm like, they're going to over-nerf it because every army that had been great until then got the wrong changes. Legion of Nagash was a yep. very recent example of that. Like, points up on a bunch of stuff. Like, auto-include... Like, the Necromancer's points going up. It's like, why? It's a single caster. Like, mm -hmm. costs more than, like pretty much anyone else a single caster with no bonuses to, to cast. Van Hells is very good, but like he's an auto include because of the war scroll spell, so you're you just said every list goes up by that many points. Like, what a lack yep. of finesse. Like there's just a bunch of that. Uh, uh, like your dogs could probably have stood stood to go up in points. That's fine. But like the way they, they hit Grim Ghast Reapers, I'm like, they're not a problem in Night Haunt. Why are they going up in points? Make do something that shows some finesse. Like I just for that, and then, like, everybody's got that story for their army. That's mine for LOI. Everybody had that story. If you were on KO, you're like, they changed my War Scrolls four times, and then they nerfed my points. Like, everyone's, yeah. <laughs> everyone's kind of got that question. Or, sorry, everyone's kind of got that, that, that situation. And then when Slanesh changes happen, I'm like, they, hit the, they didn't hit their points. They went after the things that people had a real problem with, which was summoning and... Uh, and and the locust and i'm like cool they weren't necessarily yeah. the changes i would have 100 made um you know just net 50 percent up on the whole table goes that probably is a, the correct change but locust just going up by one point is that the right change but in the end the army is it it feels right now you know like it yeah. feels right and and they didn't they didn't over nerf it so like now i have hope that I think that the change, not to not to bring it back, but to Petrifex Elite, I think it's coming. Uh, I hope it's not points. I, I think points would be a misread of the situation. Uh, but, like, hey, if it is, I love my army and I'm going to play it no matter what. Um, and uh, I would take it as a kindness if you don't, like, make me sad for one whole year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I, I want to see those armies get fixed in the right way. Yeah. Um. I think Fire Slayers is just points. Well, like I think they're fine if you just enjoy just points. If I if I may on Fire Slayers, and I I love this because I'm on record as saying it. Uh, when the winner sort of FAQ points changes adjustment came out, I said the words, "It's a good FAQ." The only one that has me scratching my head is Fire Slayers, because Fire Slayer yeah. was already great, and what that change did. Fire Slayers was already great, and I'm like, people are running the blob right now, and the blob is a mistake. I'm like, it's a mistake, they should be running 220s, they should be running it, you know, running it different. And I'm like, they just made the points changes that forced you to play it better. And they gave you a discount besides. And my exact words are scratching my head. I'm like, this army's already basically creeping on, on S-tier busted just people aren't playing it because everyone's like fascinated with the blob right everyone was just like the blob the blob like 30 unkillable fire slayers basically a 900 point investment cool that's 900 points in one place i'll just be not in that place uh like and then the minute they're like no no no, no you don't understand you can be in two places now and one of them teleports and you're just like Fuh. like people have a hard time dealing with that um so like that's the one i scratch my head on like you said, it's probably points because they just gave you. They just need to revert the point, the point uh, discount that they gave them. The army is still really good if it's two twenties, 
and they just have like a little less extra points to play around with to make their lists actually a decision again. So yeah, and then Zinch, I think, I think points changes on Zinch would be like to make it correct, it Horrors. would be more change than they're willing. <laughs> Horrors need to go up in cost. They're too efficient on the in the wound count category. And I think that fixes everything. Right. I, I agree with that. They already addressed the other two problems. Um like they already addressed the like the two teleports thing was just that was that was oppressive as fuck. It's one. That's probably the right amount. Yeah. You know, that's that's the right amount. Calebron gets one. Uh uh Seraphon, who are kind of the OGs of teleporting around the table, get one. Like, one is the right amount. Um from yep. there, uh, I'm willing to, you know, put my finger to the wind and see where it's going. Put horrors up in points, and we'll see. I think they already addressed Zinch adequately, um, yep. but horrors are just too efficient. Um, it's it's basically the most efficient unit we've we've seen in the game for wounds. It's yeah. and the the thing with the splitting and not being able to retreat away, the not being able to retreat away says you cannot play the game. Say what the fuck you will about Petrifex yep. Elite, but like. You can choose where to go on the table against my army. And if you get stuck in a combat that is disadvantageous to you, you can run away from it. Horrors, with them being one drop, with them having a teleport, with them manipulating the dice, like, they say, you're stuck here, period, you do not play the game. Unless you have scout moves, or a particular army build that allows you to spread out enough to, like, absorb it. Like, it basically says, does your book not your army, not your list. Does your book have an answer? And yeah. not a lot of armies, by the way, can deploy off the table and have scout moves. So. Can. What? Sorry? <laughs> Nurgle can. Oh. Uh, Gut Rot Spume lets you uh, deploy a unit of Light Kings off the table. And man, is that good. Yeah. And Coach says increase the Gaunt Summoner too. I mean, that's a byproduct of increasing horrors. Yeah. Like, he gives you free horrors, so like, or it gives you free horrors, so, like, maybe Gaunt Summoner goes up. Sure. Whatever. I, I say, I'd be happy with just horrors at its face. You can have aggressively costed great stuff. And, like, I don't think it's a problem, as long as not everything is aggressively costed great stuff. Like, it's fine. Like, if Bulgors were 100 points in Beast of Chaos, it would not break the game. Like, it wouldn't yeah. break the game. It, that's a super aggressive War Scroll cost. But, like, it wouldn't break the game because, like, pretty much everything else in that book is, like, kind of where it should be or bad. <laughs> like, like, you, you yeah. can you can do stuff like that. I mean, it, I, that, that's exactly what Enlightened on Discs were, is they were aggressively costed in Beasts of Chaos. It was the only way that that army was, like, a true contender top table army. And then they take that away and then it, psh, basement. Like, so yeah. you can have aggressively costed stuff. That's not in and of itself a problem. Uh but yeah, I mean, I think Blight Kings are aggressively costed. Like they, for what they do, yeah. at 160 points, they are absurd. Yeah. But in the context of the army in general, right. they're fairly costed. Right. Right. Yeah, and you're playing, you're paying premiums in other ways. Um, I think, uh, for instance, I do, I do believe my jokes about Morgas aside, I do believe Pusquoils need to go down another 20 points. If nothing changes, yep. if nothing changes, there's no new book, blah, blah, blah. Pusquoils need to go down another 20 points because, again, two models. At the end of the day, yeah, it's two models. They're pretty damn good, but they're not, they're not, like, 
what is it, 210, 200 points good? Like, just tap them down to that 180 mark. Um, yeah. You get five... Completely. 180 is the correct number for that. Yeah, you get you get five uh you get five blight kings for 160. That's five bodies. They're about as fast. They just don't fly. Um, you know, once you factor in the whole army, what they're doing in the army, uh, and yeah. again, five bodies, but a bit, little bit better of a of the consistency with the damage output. Um, so yeah. that missile of two bodies, uh, I mean, that's a meaningful choice. Now you go, do I take two bodies for more expensive that? are basically a threat-seeking missile, or do I take five that sure up my game and the sort of... You know, it's the, the question of do I go wide or do I go narrow? It's a meaningful choice. Yeah. So... Definitely. So... But, uh... So, so that's the, uh... You, you, you kind of, like, landed on a lot of the good of the Nurgle. Um, we're already dancing on the subject. Uh, what's the... What are the changes you want to see? I feel like I've been talking a lot more about your army right now at this juncture. Yeah. Um, so I think Puscoils need to go down like 20 points. I think a lot of the heroes need to go down. Um, you know, as you pointed out, like a lot of, you're paying a premium on a lot of the heroes. It's like, because they're all seven wounds. Um, if you look at like the Rotbringer Sorcerer, he's 120 points and he's a single caster with a bad spell. Like if you compare that against other armies, that are like single casters with a bad spell, like you're paying a lot of points for him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think you pay ninety points for that in uh, battle mage in city of state and yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 battle with mage. like with a much better spell option. Well, they right? have two spells because they have their their war scroll spell. They get to pick they season to taste right, and then they'll have a lore spell. So they basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're um, yeah they practically have two lore spells. Yeah, they they essentially have two lore spells. They're pretty great. Sorceress is ninety points. Her spell is good, and then she'll yeah. theoretically get a lore spell. Like, yeah, I I I, I don't I, I think that, and again, you got to think about like okay, seven wounds. You're talking about the algorithm of of points, uh, to the war scroll. Seven wounds on a spellcaster yep. isn't really worth a goddamn thing to me. I'm sorry, like it's not. <laughs> like okay i guess i i when you're dead plus infinite against you know my uh my more tech guard you're dead plus infinite minus three Ooh, like who gives a crap yeah um so yeah, yeah it, it's not i mean the only difference really comes in against obr when your heroes are all uh two hits from the catapult instead of one I guess there is that. Yeah, you have to fail two. Uh, you have to fail two of your like uh, four up saves or three ups because look out, sir. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess there's that. Um, I mean, it, I mean that, that is important. Like with uh, when uh, uh, Thunder Tusks were still hero snipers for six mortals, they didn't kill your your caster yep. in one one shot anymore. It was one shot plus a yeah. blood vulture. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is relevant that like you have these buff pieces, but then again, you also come back to the they tend to not have bonuses to cast, so they're 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 gambling for their 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 one lore spell. Like, I think when you look at like the context of an army as a whole, and I think that that is a very, I think that's the often overlooked part of these discussions is the context of the army as a whole. Like, we love yeah. to look at a single war scroll and go, "This is great," yada yada yada, or "This is." This is 
you know, bad or whatever, like the whole gamut in between. Um, but like contextualizing it in your army, I think takes it to that next level, which is where, again, I'm fine with your spellcasters having seven wounds and it not costing you 30 more points. I just don't, because what they're doing, it's not worth 30 more points, um, within yeah. the context. So, yeah. Um, other things that need to get adjusted. I mean, I think plague bearers could, I think going down 10 points on plague bearers is correct. Um, they're just a little too pricey. And if the old price on them before this, like the price that was in uh blight war was 110 and then 270 for the horn discount. Um, and I think that's about correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very much unkillable, but they, they tend not to do much back at you, honestly. Like, yeah, they, they are, they're just hitting you with a pillow on the way back. Like they're just a block to get in the way. And at that price, at 320, they're the same price as a 10 block of Blight Kings. A it's 10 block of Blight Kings more wounds and a better save. It's, it's a, so you it, might as well. I mean, that's a meaningful choice. That's a meaningful choice at, the, at those price points. You're going, do I want an unkillable anvil or do I want something that does something? Like, and is kind of unkillable. Right. Like, it's it's a meaningful choice. It really, it truly is. And I think that's what it comes down to, like, in, that, in this context of, of an army. Um, so yeah, I like, if I were King for a day, I would approve these changes. Yeah. And then if we were getting a new book, um, I would love to see Sloppity Bile Piper and, um, Royal Pox Scrivener War Scrolls that are not terrible. Brand new War Scrolls. Because they're both awesome models that need to go on the table, but they are just not good. They're the OG Lotans. I know Lotan has become the term now, but like, they're the original Lotan. Yeah, like Sloppity Bile Piper has great lore. It has a fantastic model, and it has like the worst lore, war scroll in the book. I would like Gut Rock like, Spume to come down in points and just get like a, a touch better, like just a, a tap, like maybe a, one better armor save, um, you know, slightly like one extra attack. Like just, I want him to just be like a touch better because his battalion is fucking sweet, <laughs> and his lore is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and his ability to Duel. you know get to ambush with a unit of Blight Kings oh, yeah, is yeah. so powerful. Oh yeah. Uh, but if he was like he's one forty right now, if he was like one twenty, yeah, like then or, or stay at one forty with a little bit better of a war scroll, exactly. Like that, totally worth it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got the he's a he's a foot slogging hero, right? And uh, yeah. Other than that, he is a soul scryer, what, which is a what a hundred points, hundred twenty points, maybe. Like he's a he's yeah. an enabler for a, a good effect. Like you don't, and you have to buy the battalion to do it, right? Like you have to. Uh no, you don't have to buy the battalion for him to do that. You don't have to buy the battalion for he does have a battalion though, right? It's in the whole. Um, does he have a battalion? No, so. he doesn't have a battalion. No, no. So, so you're paying a one hundred. 20 point tax to like outflank a unit of blight kings that's that's good that's very good let's not understate that um yeah but I, the the big problem with him too is that he's unique so you can't put any artifacts or command traits on it yeah like that inherently like yeah. makes him less valuable that's worth a discount to me like soul scryer say what yeah. you will about soul scryer soul scryer can wear an artifact to like add extra gas to the, com the combo um 
Yeah, I, I, I could see... I could see him going down. Um, his lore is awesome, though. He's just basically in like a a, uh, a plague pirate. Like, come on. Yeah. And uh, he, he's fantastic. And his duel is sweet, where he like ties up one of your weapons with his tentacles. He's just awesome. Yep. He's just awesome. So anything yeah, to get like, that guy on tables more. Yeah. It, it, I have so many times just like rolled hot on the tentacles. Um. I remember I was playing against a mixed order army a while ago with him and oh god what is the the hero out of um silver tower the elf that could like teleport and spike a hero you're getting out of my wheelhouse silver tower was just oh. not <laughs> yeah it's it's still around um I'm sure somebody in the chat game Ch- chat game will, will, uh, yeah chat game will help us out here yeah um i'm just like blanking on the name but you know it was a hero that she could teleport in you give her the sword of judgment she gets plus one to hit against hero so sword of judgment's going off on fives she has like three or four attacks uh tenebral shard yes that is that, the one. that is yeah te- tenebral shard yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah so i've had somebody teleport in the tenebral shard trying to kill uh, got Rot Spume and held it up for like three turns by making her weapon do nothing with his ability, just rolling hot on the dice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and he eventually killed her before he was able to uh, take out my Got Rot Spume. Yeah. Yeah. Tenebral Shard's a pretty sweet dude. Um, yeah. I think it's going to get rotated out in the next. Uh, I think it's handbook, gone so. too. I, I think it's unfortunately gone because I don't see it coming into, uh, they're not bringing it into, um, Illumineth, right? Like it's not coming in there. We might get a reimagining maybe in, in Malarian's book, right? Like maybe that Tenebrial Shard could be like a dark elf, right? Like it, it, ah. yeah. Cause it's, it's um, if it, but if it wasn't in cities of Sigmar, I don't think it's going to be anywhere. I agree. I agree with you. Mistweaver Sia has gone as well now, right? Like, that's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, just an interesting thing that I want to call out, too, just as, like, some hot tech that I've been working with lately. Okay. Um, is the uh, Blessed Sons Battalion. <laughs> All right. Um, now, I, with all of the point changes... This thing is down to 40 points for a battalion. So it requires that you take a Plague Cyst battalion. Um, and then within the Plague Cyst battalion, you have to additionally take a Harbinger of Decay and a Sorcerer. And then the Blessed Sons battalion can include any number of Rotbringer units. So all of your mortal stuff from the maggot kin book so you can one drop with it um this is the one drop in the corner you were talking about this is the hiding out one drop yeah the hiding one drop army so it becomes a one drop army with that the battalion itself is 40 points so you're getting a command point and an artifact for less than the 50 points for the command point yeah. Um, and then in addition to what the Plague Cyst does, 
it lets you uh, re-roll one to save on everything in the battalion. So, so you're one drop. You no, have Mystic automatically on all of your guys all the time. No positional requirement. No. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like how, like it, I have to give a shout out to uh, Dan Dan Caravan. He's the one that pointed that out to me that that was a thing. Um, he, by the way, was the guy that took Nurgle to third place at Nova last year. So he knows his Nurgle. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, that's a thing, isn't it? And then I started running, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. Yeah. Because what Plague Sys does, for those that are not aware, it, um, <coughs> uh, your units that are within seven inches of your Lord of Plagues reroll all of their missed hits. So you're getting that second bite at the apple with all of your Blight Kings on that uh, hit of six. To turning into oh, D six, you're, you're crit fishing now. Like this is a proper crit yes. fishing. One. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a, a rogue in D and D trying to like crit uh, crit fish. It's great. Yeah, um, it is such a powerful list. It, it's unbelievable. I did, I did, I like looked at it on paper and I'm like, this is good. Then I started playing it and I'm like, this is better than I thought it was. Well, that, that's that, the two parts of, like, what I, I talk about is list science. Like, you've just talked about, like, you can look at something and go, this looks really, really good on paper. you got to get it on the table to make sure that the positions, yep. like, line up with that, that having that, that buff piece with the plague bearers. Does it, can you reliably get it? Yada, yada, yada. Um, yep. I, I don't think Nurgle is, like, the jobber the stats would have had you believe a few months ago. Yeah. Especially, like, post, uh, post-Wrath. Um of the ever chosen i just like i yeah. i think they're contenders i think they're safely they're they're certainly not s tier uh i would place them as a tier and the reason i place them as a tier is specifically they've got heat against the meta right now nurgle just says fuck your shooting and i just think like because yeah. they just they're naturally resilient to shooting like and then they've got that like those little extra pieces it takes them from what would be kind of a b tier army on paper to like bottom of a tier and i i think that they're it's if you're a skilled pilot this is an army that i just like i love nurgle and yeah so i'm gonna bring us into like speculation town uh like i i don't have any insider information nothing like that but like just pure like wish list uh i think they're gonna get a new book i i, I, I just agree. i i think dok is is pretty the rumors for dok getting a new book is pretty strong that it's confirmed nurgle's yep. gonna get one uh what's on your yeah. wish list for the nurgle book because we talked about points adjustment what they do with existing nurgle we talked about some points adjustments that will really just quality of life it, keep nurgle contending for the next six months with after that ghb but what what's on your wish list for for a new book like you are you are the head head rules editor you tell your lackeys what to do what do you tell them to do for the nurgle book um, I, I think the big thing, honestly, is just go through all of those units that are not seeing play and give them better rules. Like, like very simple. Like, just give Nurgle more options with the collection of models we already have. Like, take Nurglings and make them do something more interesting than they already do. Uh, or reduce their points a bunch, right? Like, um, I'd rather make things... 
Uh, I'll let you finish your point. I'd rather make things more interesting than just reduce points. That's just as a rule. I make it cool. Uh, continue. Yeah, uh, beasts of Nurgle need to be much better than they are. Like they're just not that great. Um, it would be cool if they were like this, just like great speed bump that you could just throw in your opponent's way. Um, kind of like the the yin and yang with um, the corn one. Why am I blank? The Korgarath. Yeah. Like the Korgarath is kind of like a little beat stick. I would love for the Beast of Nurgle to be this little tank what if it ex- that you could. What if it exploded into Nurglings when it died? Like that would be fantastic. Yeah, like or if it just exploded when it died and did a bunch of damage to everything around it. Cool. Yeah, exploding when it dies, I feel like is some <laughs> like this is some design space we can explore. Make it tanky, and when it dies, explode. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Sloppy Bile Piper and Spoilproc Spoilpox Scrivener need to be good. Yeah. Um, they're awesome models. They need rules that reflect how awesome they are. Um, the three Magath Lords, I think, need rewrites on their War Scrolls. I think the the melee profiles and shooting profiles, I think, are fine. Like, the, like it's their special rules that need to get re- reworked. Mm-hmm. Uh, because all of their special rules kind of suck. Bloab is okay. Um, but not worth the points that he currently is. Like, I'd just like to see all of their special abilities get taken up that notch... It probably is honestly a couple of notches from where it is because they're bad. Um, there's just, it's really just like a handful of things in the book that I just want to see go from being like really not good to solid options. I would love to build a Nurgle list and not have it be like, am I running 25 Blight Kings or 30 Blight Kings in this list? I want to have other options. Yeah. Like not saying that I don't like Blight Kings. It's just right now, I just feel like they're the yardstick that you measure everything against in the book. Yeah. Because they're so efficient. They're 21 wounds for 160 points. They're 15 attacks on threes and threes for 160 points. You know, they're, they have crazy movement when you add all the buffs together like they're they're just the yardstick that you have to measure everything else against, it's, and most other things come up short. It's it's okay, by the way. It really is okay to have that yardstick in your army. I love this terminology. I'm stealing it forever going forward. Um, it's just other stuff has to measure up to it, you know. Like other stuff in yeah. in, in a way. Like um, we talked about how plague bears could measure up to it. Is like just tap their points down, and now you're making a choice between like. Oh. Like, whereas right now it's like, I'm just going to take more Blight Kings. You know, like right now that's the choice. Um, You know, Beasts of Chaos has this with, with Bestigors. Is it's like, Bestigors are so thoroughly better than like, Ungo- or uh, not Ungor Raiders, Ungor Raiders are the best unit in the book. Um, So thoroughly better than like, Bulgors, it's hard to justify taking them. It's just like, yeah. I-, I can't take these other things, even though I really want to, because this thing they don't measure up. And so I think it's, it's fine to have a yardstick more, more tech guard have this problem kind of currently where you're like, um, role-playing power is what keeps death riders in lists. The role-playing power of, of, of those are really strong. And then from there, you're looking at stalkers and you're looking at 
uh, you're looking at Morgas and stuff like that, and that's where I'm like, just tap their points down, then they measure up a little better. Or Battle Line If would go a long way for making me want to play my Stalkers. Like, I think there's a lot of that going on in Nurgle, too, where you're like, like Blight King should be great. Like, that's the, like they should right. be kind of the yardstick. Like, you don't want to take one of the coolest, most interesting, awesome, sort of tent pole units in the army and make it bad so that other stuff is worth playing. You just want to bring stuff up to that level to make it a meaningful choice. And I think that's the important don't round down round up you know don't round good stuff down round the bad stuff up um yeah I, evil honk I'll, i will get to your question in, in just a second because it's a super valuable but i just want to tie off this this point about like wish listing and the book um so so we got someone in chat gang here talking about getting into the game uh now that especially they're on uh appropriately uh the nurgle forced uh isolation going on right now yeah um, I think I think that like so you know how like Petrifex Elite gets plus one plus one to save army wide. I think Nurgle yep. get needs to get a a a after save no questions army wide because there's a little bit of keyword bingo with like yeah. whether you have a you know you're you what you got to be demon keyworded to get your your FNP. Um, right. I would just love to see that just kind of just get torn out and then just write plus the six up after save across the army and then some other stuff gets a better version so like if you have the demon keyword it's a five up right like okay. i just i just want them to make it ubiquitous all a nurgle gets a six up after save regardless no positions nothing the whole army plague bearers if you bring marauders in with the nurgle keyword whatever's fucking going on six up disgustingly resilient and if you are a demon you get a five up now that might sound kind of brokenly powerful but like again we're in a we're in a new landscape of age of sigmar nurgle to me that the magikin and nurgle book it just says this is a i know it was the first book for 2.0 quote unquote it just reads like a 1.0 book to me still and i want them to be brought yeah. into so that's that's my desire is to get an army wide like feel no pain uh what what allegiance ability do you think you'd want to see um i really hope there's one change that I want to see to the cycle of corruption, and that's get rid of the one that uh, makes your opponent reroll battle shock uh, rolls of one. Just make that something useful. Because rerolling yeah. battle shock rolls, yeah, it, uh, pick a thing, anything except that. Um, as far as allegiance abilities, um, I'd like to see the host that are in Wrath of the Everchosen get ported into the book. I'd yes. like to see a few more of them. Make them canon. Um, thematically speaking, there should be seven. Um, and, you know, give us some different play avenues, different options. Um, one point that I definitely want in a new book is for them to write things in such a way that if you take the Beasts of Chaos Battalion that marks them all Nurgle and then you can play it in Magikin, yeah, or you know, having Slaves to Darkness stuff marked Nurgle and playing it in Magikin, that they have better synergy, yeah, working with the rest of the army. Doing, doing away with keyword bingo, like doing away with that, like yeah. The, the yeah, yeah, this is where like I was talking about, like the just the six up FNP. Is if you're a Maggotkin and Nurgle, and you have the Nurgle keyword, six up, feel no pain, army wide, 
And then that's where you go, well, what about demons? Because demons should be... They get a five up. Like, fuck it at me yeah. later. Like, make it better. Don't give me redundant aftersaves, because I just don't like that as a game design. But, like, give them better. Yeah. Like, one-third of the shit that gets through doesn't get through on your on your, uh, on your your demons. On your guo. And the guo could have a fucking four-up for all I care. Make them unkillable as shit. Like, like... Yeah. Like, a four-up re-rollable even. Okay, that's getting into bonkers. But the, the point is, is, like, I, I don't care how great they make something. Just make it great and put the points accordingly. You know, like, make it this, this cool army. Like, I have faith in their ability to cost things better now. And so I want them to do that. Get rid of the keyword bingo uh, with Nurgle especially, because I feel like Nurgle gives the least fucks about whether you're a demon or a mortal. Like, yeah. I, if you're carrying the plague, Nurgle is down with you, you know? Like, yeah. um, I mean, like, the keyword bingo in the artifacts and command traits and spell lore, like, that's really annoying. And, like, to also go, like, deep on the keyword bingo, that there's multiple heroes that are demon, mortal, and Rotbringer. Like, so you get to choose from all of the things, but you have some things that are just demons, something that are just Rotbringers, some things that are just Rotbringer mortals. So like it, like the keyword bingo on putting artifacts on your heroes and spells on your wizards is so annoying. Yeah. And then when that goes a step further, which is like, which spells do what to the models that you have on the table now, because do they line up with the correct keywords? Like just alleviate some of that. This is, this is like, like, uh, Hey, and I agree on this one. And like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills sometime. It's like, people think the blades of corn book is just like the greatest book ever. And I'm like, I'm like the keyword bingo on that book. Don't port that into other books. That is the wrong way of doing it. Like, I don't want these Venn diagrams of buffs like overlapping. And is this like, you have to like, actually like draw it up on a chalkboard before you deploy your army to like no get rid of that there's so much depth to the game just in terms of simple positioning and piling in that alone adds such depth to the game that you don't need to have other overly complicated systems to exacerbate it and by the way like the greatest players in the world like versus the like the 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 80 percent we've been talking about like, it's not like the 80% are just suddenly going to be the best in the world because you cleaned up keyword bingo and there's less gotchas at the table. Most of the great players yeah. I know give you takesies, backsies, and go, oh, you forgot your rule, man. Like, yep. like it, it, you're, you're, just, you're just creating unnecessary barriers to how much fun we could all be having at all times. Like, that's the Venn diagram I care about. Fun and how sweet my army is. like that overlap yeah yeah one of the things that i think uh needs to get addressed in a future book as well is most of the rot bringers have um i think it's called virulent discharge uh Uh, so like each turn you roll a d6 for that unit in any enemy unit within six inches of it actually in in any friendly unit within six inches of it so on a, a roll of a six if it's a friendly unit, it heals D3. If it's an enemy unit, it takes D3 mortal wounds. That is so many dice that you have to roll at the top of each of your turns. Why? That, that it, it's just like, why? Just make it 
it heals one wound and it deals one mortal wound to anything it's in combat with. Done. Done. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, there's so we already have tons of dice rolls. We already have the most polarizing dice roll in the game, which is the priority roll. You don't need extra rolls for no like for these ancillary. Yeah. Um. So now I real real quick I want to address the evil yeah, haunt. Like, oh no! Fi finish off the point here, and then I, I want to go back to this. So they changed the plague month war scroll because it just created too many die rolls and too much complex die rolling like same thing needs to be done with your pusquils and your blight kings and the other rotbringer heroes that have that same ability like just just get rid of it like just make it some simple thing that doesn't require rolling a die for every friggin unit on the table at the start of your hero phase yeah yeah, I mean, there's if I'm rolling a die, it should be impactful and like kind of cool or crazy or over the top. It shouldn't just be like a d3 damage or you know, it shouldn't just be this one on this like little case by case. I'm not interested in that. Like if it's if you want me to do some damage or not, just make it one mortal, one healing, yada yada yada. Like, and then we can be excited about the charge rolls and the priority rolls and so on and so forth. Like, you're still yeah. going to get that excitement in the game. And if your thing does something bonkers, like explodes when it fucking dies into Nurglings, now add the die roll. Or, you know, like, when it's yeah. a big, weird effect, now add that die roll back in. And then just make it one die roll on a on that that case-by-case -case basis. Not this constant thing that you're always having to go through. Like you said, Plague Bearers are the, are the perfect example of this. Or not Plague Bearers, um, Plague Monks. It was just too much dice, too much dice. Yeah. Um. So so real quick, one big change I want to see, and a lot of TOs have addressed this, but I want them to to crystallize it in the text of the game. Uh, syner the anti synergy and or the the synergy problems against your opponent. I really don't want the Nurgle mirror match to feel like such a slog. So I think they just need to start adding yeah. allied Nurgle a lot more. Yeah. So, so that's that's the big thing I'd like to see is is like is like the wheel doesn't actually affect all of Nurgle and that you you like I just would like it to be more army exclusive. Yep. So that's the last major change I want to I want to see. Yeah. I think in general the book needs a bunch of light touches. It doesn't need like major rewrites of stuff, other than like a couple of war scrolls that are just bad. Right, right, and uh, some updated allegiance abilities. Just just make them more modern, more clean for the new game. You know, like holy withins and and sort of synergy with an opponent. Like you just kind of start to get rid of some of that stuff. Um, and if you're gonna have synergy with my opponent because Nurgle doesn't care who's got the disease, right? Like then make it less of a tug of war and more of a hell yeah everything's get gets everything's awesome you know like if, if yeah. you're gonna keep that like that like the nur it looks for the keyword of Nurgle then the effects need to be a lot bigger than just like a tug of war back and forth of like we never kill each other and you know you know what I'm saying because like you yep. get get into these like slap fights with Nurgle then if it's gonna be like it looks for everybody then just make everything like awesome and accelerated. In the nerve. Yeah. So, um, so now evil the evil honk, and this is this is relevant to the 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 ha 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 joke Nurgle topic. Unless you have any else anything else you'd like to add to the battle tome discussion. No, I'm good. 
Okay, good. Right on. All right. So I, th I think we have sol single-handedly uh, solved Nurgle going forward and uh, really embrace yep, the plague uh, as it is now. But speaking of the plague, uh, the, so so COVID has forced some folks uh, uh, to, to isolate some. And I, I choose to see the positive. Uh, time to hang out with my family. Time to work on some models, stuff like that. I'm not, I don't think it's doom and gloom. I'm not rushing out buying buying all the toilet paper. I will be making all the toilet paper memes. Uh, but we've got a, a person here in chat, the evil honk, basically says that the isolation has forced them back into Warhammer. Um, they're trying to get into the mood to paint tomorrow, and they don't know where to pick it up again. Uh, uh, I make a lot of mistakes with painting, but... Uh, by like getting out of the lines and then I have to fix it, which makes me very frustrated and I need to get over it. Um, so, so real quick, and it looks like you're, you're, you're choosing to get back into Skaven. Um, the, the first thing I would recommend is Vince Venturella, Warhammer Weekly. Um, Vince Venturella's channel on YouTube, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, he's got a motto. It's paint fearlessly. Uh, do that. Um, the thing is, is like when you make mistakes painting your models, uh, you kind of like you learn. You're always if you're painting to like learn a lesson, just like playing a game of Age of Sigmar. If you play to learn a lesson, you're never losing. You're never failing. Um, so, yeah, like I actually had busted my hand uh, a while back and I, I've lost the detail fundamentals of painting. Like I just I can't paint for long periods of time. Uh, this was a mental barrier for me for Age of Sigmar for two years um at one point i just said fuck it and i started putting paint on models and that's the first step is to just put paint on models um and don't be afraid of messing up because one you can always learn the lesson and two take comfort knowing nobody looks at your models as hard as you do absolutely like, a painted army on the table you're looking at it from two three feet away and any painted army, if you it looks better than an unpainted army. So don't be afraid to just put paint on the models. Um, and then from there, it's just it's just practice. You just have to, you know. So like when I paint my models, I have this this thing that I've had to do where I I basically hold my brush with two hands. Um, if you've ever fired a handgun, it's actually like a very similar. Uh, it's a very similar uh, uh, grip. With a, the, the, you know, my off hand under my palm or under the palm of my brush hand. And then I'm holding the model with my off hand and I get in there and I, to stabilize my painting brush. Um, but again, th that all is born from just trying, seeing what works for you and not being afraid of your models. Contrast paints can cut out a lot of the pressure um, from hashtag getting good in a hurry and give you something that's tabletop quality. But you're going to want to like. Like just paint, just paint. It's it's the best best thing you can really do. Um, it's, and I wouldn't be afraid that you haven't painted in ages. Uh, it, again, I had like a mental block for two years on painting. I just it, I was afraid. Um, but hey, uh, I'm very very happy with my army right now. And you know, I found that army that I love, and I'm like, this army deserves my best. So I'm trying even harder than I was on the armies previously so find an army you love and then just paint um and watch Absolutely. and watch vince Venturella. anything to add um i think as far as like the motivation to like get started again 
I think there's kind of like either one of two things that I would recommend. Either start with a model that you feel really passionate about, that you really love that model and you want to put paint on it. Um, that can really motivate you to, you know, get that done. Like if you're painting something you love, it's always going to get you moving a lot easier. Um, on the flip side, if you're really concerned about painting quality and things like that, the flip side is pick the model that you care about the least and just get started on that. Use it so as that model. Yeah, so that you just don't have that pressure of caring that much about the model, right? So I would say go either go with like you, your favorite model or your least favorite model to start. And... You know, depending on what your feelings are about your skill. Like, do you want to put everything into this model that you love to get like the motivation of it? Or do you want to throw paint on something that you don't really care about because you're concerned about quality, but like, uh, like go to one pole or the other. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't pick up like models that you're very met about. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, if you mess up a clan rat, I mean, really, who cares? So if you're worried about, like, painting in the lines and stuff like that, like, I mean, it sounds like clan rats might be where you start. Uh, Mortec, my Mortec Guard, by the way, you can look at, um, you know, some of my earlier ones versus some of my, my later ones. And I love the models, by the way. And it's like, you can see me, like, learning to get better. It's just paint. You can always paint over it. Um, and any model that you paint becomes this little snapshot in your progress of getting better. And it's, it's just, it, it actually becomes encouraging to go, look at how awesome I am now on Clan Rat 30 or Mortec Guard 30 versus Mortec Guard 1, my test model. Like, look at how cool this is. And that can become its own, like, point of encouragement when you're, you're painting is you just go, look at this progress. I think that's one of the, the... I think that's quite simply the magic of our hobby is that you get this, you get this like meaningful progress that you can look at and measure on this thing that you have. Um, heretics, man. Hey, how's it going? My friend. Um, welcome to chat gang. I should say, welcome back. My take is cavalry or large infantry are good to start. Uh, there are large, uh, there are large fun and interesting, but still simple. And you go back and hit the little details. Yeah. Right on. All right. So uh, we're going to get into like a little bit of a, the, the heavy subject, uh, spend a little bit of time on it. Uh, uh, so if you watch the um, Psychology of Sigmar Rank Cast 19 uh, with Dr. Alex Milonas, we actually mapped the Chaos Gods to basic human emotions. We mapped Nurgle actually to sadness. Uh, and Paul and I have this very resonant story, uh, I think, to share uh, this just... I think mental health visibility and stuff like that is super important. That's half the reason why I do rant cast is love talking about how much I love this game, but I also am very interested in the people that play it, the community and all those adjacencies. Um, and when it comes to the game, I think for oftentimes we kind of, one of the greatest things about this game is we put ourselves on the table. And so we are going to talk a little, we're going to talk a little bit about, about this, this Nurgle thing. Um, the Nurgle is the Robin Williams. Oh, rip. It, you couldn't be more honest, man. Or I'm sorry, you couldn't, you couldn't hit the nail on the head any better. Uh, but I'm, so I'm going to give you a quick, shit's about to get heavy. Uh, if you, 
Uh, and I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to dive into it. Paul, you ready, man? I'm ready. All right, all right. I'll be right back one second. This gives you time to like be like, man, talking about Nurgle was great. I want to talk about Robin Williams and and Nurgle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see if there's any other questions here in the chat that I missed. Yeah, somebody asked a question a while ago that I think we skipped over. Um, if I have named any of my Nurgle heroes, um, thus far I have not. Um, I really feel like you're like if you're going to name heroes or units in your army, they really need to like earn it. Um, and I just haven't had anybody that has really done things to earn a name yet. Um, in my free guild army, uh, general disappointment. Um, that was my free guild general on horseback that I had for a long time that he was just always, always a disappointment in combat, always rolled below average for whatever reason. I would charge him in. He would do nothing. Um, he was always just the guy that would sit in the back lines and buff the rest of my hero, uh, rest of my units. Um, and so he just got known as general disappointment. Um, as far as my Nurgle stuff, nothing is really like jumped out as like routinely being really good or really bad or routinely having something in particular happen to like earn a name. Um, so I'm just sort of like waiting on big things to happen. Uh, I think this upcoming Path to Glory League I'm doing may earn a name for my uh, Great Unclean One because he's going to be my uh, champion for that Path to Glory League. Um, and it's it's set up to be interesting. Um, and then we got another question from Chaos Spawn about... Plague cyst versus blight cyst. Um, I think there's a difference of what's going on in the meta. I think if you're planning on playing against, um, you know, a lot of top tier tournament lists, uh, blight cyst is probably better. I think for a lot of mid table matchups, I think plague cyst is probably better, mm -hmm. uh, particularly with the the blessed sons mega battalion letting you one drop and getting the extra goodies in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, everyone's been adequately forewarned. Uh, uh, it just, I mean, we're not going to like ruin anyone's night here, but, um, you know, I, I talk about putting yourself on the table. Uh, we talked about finding that AOS army that resonates with you. And, uh, previously, like I stated, the, the mapping Nurgle to, to depression, which when I heard that, I just went, Oh Yeah. Because, like, Nurgle yep. kind of, like, he, like, he's got that, like, he, the happy, the jolly face and stuff like that. But it's also sort of this, like, kind of, like, letting it go, you know, that yeah. I think comes with that. And so I guess uh, really, um, you know, I, I think that when when you find that Age of Sigmar army that resonates with you, that there's there's stuff going on. In, in your head that that wars that we can't know about each other and, and it could be something novel it doesn't need to be the deeper meaning uh but for me i know for a fact the reason i gravitate towards death is like i have a deep fear of it um so like i find that like that undead having a mockery of death fan in a fantasy sense 
gives me that escapism from this my own fear uh in you know part, half the reason i'm an insomniac i swear is because i hate the feeling of nothingness uh you know i go to bed and i'm just nothing for a little while and i can't stand it and so then i wake up and i'm terrified um so i play yeah. i play death and i love that my skeletons uh in 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 Ark bone reapers have this mocking grin in the face of death and that they can't die and uh, you know, I play tanky armies and yada, yada, yada. Um, and I think in a sense, I can see this allure of Nurgle when you sort of, whether you actively perceive it or on some subconscious level, pick up that it's this this sort of army of, there's sort of a deep sadness to the Nurgle army, the Nurgle blight, really, if it, if it were. Yeah. So. And then uh, on the same token, Nurgle is also portrayed as being like jolly mm -hmm. you know that and the nurglings are just like these little happy mischief makers um so personally i would map it more towards bipolar disorder mm -hmm. rather than just depression mm -hmm. because there's definitely this manic side to nurgle yeah i mean with that the, the feculent gnarl is like you're running you go fast across the table right like you that that manic yeah that manic quality of the army is there could continue though. You sound like you had another point. Yeah. I, I think it's also like, you know, you're connecting personally with death. I think uh, for myself, I really connect with Nurgle. Like I've had a lot of health problems personally in my own life, uh, physical health, mental health. Um, and so that idea of playing this army that is, like all about just like constantly having a play is just something that I resonate with mm -hmm. and that all of these guys are, you know, their gift is having the plague, but they're like numb to it, well, which like, is something that also resonates with me that like, I I'm just like, I'm just kind of like used to it at this point. Like I'm used to being sick all the time. I'm used to my mental health being bad. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, it becomes the. I mean, it, it becomes this, this this companion that's kind of always with you. Um, yeah. Like I, 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 man, I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty open. My my struggles are essentially clinical depression. I have night terrors. I have, um, you know, I'm a pretty much a cliche. Uh, but I was raised. My mom was bipolar. Um, and so like, I saw the struggles from like outside and the way that they kind of hurt me and, you know, my chemicals are just as fucked, but it's, it's pretty much just depression. I don't get the, like, I don't get the manic pretty much. Like, I just don't, I don't have that. Like, I always called it the flip. My mom would have these, these flips. Like we would, we would move out of nowhere, you know, like she'd suddenly clean or like she'd celebrate my birthday like months ahead of time out of nowhere. Like. It, like she would have very dramatic flips to the manic um you know and, and and i'm like you know again my my very much on the depression side of uh, of the spectrum but like with nurgle i think it's it's it, it, like it's kind of cool because like i really like saw the depression side of it and i i hadn't even thought to consider the manic aspect of the jolly the 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 thing so i think that's a really cool take and uh actually uh, heretic uh, here in chat mentioned Chester Bennington. Chester Bennington, of course, or sorry, Chaos War, uh, Chaos Spawn mentioned uh, Chester Bennington. Chester Bennington, of course, the lead singer of of Lincoln Park, uh, 
uh, passed at one, uh, he killed himself. Uh, he struggled very deeply with mental health. Uh, he was abused, uh, young, um, by family members. It, it was something he struggled with, with his whole life. Now, I didn't go a little personal here. I didn't know that. And I hated Linkin Park growing up thinking it was this suburban, like fake anger music. And as an adult, I want to go back in time and kick my own ass for saying shit like that. Because now that I'm older, I really truly respect and believe that you cannot know the war going on inside other people. Whatever they look like, wherever they come from, you have no idea what people are fighting with. And, uh... And I... What a callous thing for me to think. And then it comes out... Like, his hero was Chris Cornell. My hero. Okay? Like... And... Like, to... To, to just... To... To have... What I thought about Chester... And then for him to... To have sort of... Been fighting with this his whole life... It just... It, it felt kind of garbage. And of course, we play games... And games are great metaphors. They're... They're also great escapes from all that shit. So, like... You know, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah go on. Yeah, you got a good point there uh, yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, gaming has always been an escape for me. And I've found um, the painting in particular has been a much better thing for my mental health than I ever thought. That, like, I never thought that I would be into painting. Mm -hmm. You know, before I played Warhammer, I was a magic player. So I was looking at this game, like, I've got to paint models? Like, what the, why the fuck would I do that? Um, I just want to play the game. Um, I'll paint them if I have to, but I, but then I started painting and I really enjoyed it. Uh, one of the other things that I have going on is uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and I'm much more on the obsessive side of obsessive compulsive disorder. So I have, basically, my mind runs constantly. You know, that if you've ever had that feeling where you um, like something happened that like really bothers you and it's running over and over in your head and it keeps you up at night for a while. Like you have trouble sleeping because you can't get this thought out of your head. My Twitter like, feed I, last night. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I have that feeling all the time. Yeah. So I've found that for me, like sitting down and painting, that's something that I can get my mind to focus on and get away from any other things that my brain is obsessed about. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's just a really nice, relaxing focus. Well, and and on, on one hand, earlier on, I was, I was kind of lamenting that Nurgle's happening during the COVID thing because I'm like, ugh, too on the nose, exploitative. And, you know, I was kind of worried about it. But it's a good time to talk about it because mental health is super important when you're isolated. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give yourself breaks. I mean, you can go yeah. feel like you're that hamster in the wheel. You're just running in circles and painting is a, our hobby. I mean, I'm, I'm very much more of a player than a hobbyist. I'm focusing on my hobby now, but like, I mean, when you, when you pick up your models and you paint them, you just like, you start to like snicker to yourself, like, hey, hey, I can't wait to get this on the table. And so even if you're more of a player, you still like have that, that enjoyment of this, this break, this, this physical thing, you're giving your, yourself an opportunity to focus on. Um, and I, I think that's, that's very worthy. That's very important. 
Um, what Chaos uh, Spawn is saying here is Nurgle as a faction where losing hope is seen isn't seen as a weakness. And this is very similar to something you were kind of uh, mentioning earlier. I think what it's doing is it's taking what might be a weakness and it's almost in that superhero sense turning it into a strength. You know, Nurgle, yeah. Nurgle takes that losing hope, takes that that depression and it turns it it even takes the manic and it turns it into like an on the table power. And I think that's where, when I talked about earlier, just sort of more cursory about how, you know, you're putting yourself on the table. I do mean it almost in a more literal sense that, that when you really find that army that resonates with you, it's because it, it, you're taking qualities of yourself on a deeper level and you're actualizing them in the models. And I think that's about as healthy as it gets. Um, you know, yeah, I, absolutely. So. You know, I think, you know, since we're talking about mental health and Nurgle and the COVID-19 thing that's going on, um, it's actually interesting. Something that my therapist brought up uh, in my last session with him, because that, that was only a couple of days ago. So it was after all of the big stuff with COVID-19 really started where, hitting. Where it became real. I think it, like it, happened, <laughs> yeah, within, it, it happened within, I'd say, I, I'd say on the high end, like four days. I mean, my moment yeah. was literally, my personal moment was yesterday where I went, okay. Um, and before I was already like the person who's like, oh, don't panic you know, be sympathetic. It's a real thing. Look at the whole world, so on and so forth. And like, so I had that, like what I thought was a realistic perspective going like, Oh, it's a real thing. But no, yesterday I had this jarring moment where I went, be prepared to be uncomfortable for a while. Like my brain went yeah. like, no, it's not the apocalypse, but things are going to be different for a while. And like it's not just going to be a month and I miss Adepticon. It's going to be a while before we get that normalcy back. So I had my my moment was like literally yesterday, and I think within the last four days, I think is the real range of it, it hitting for everybody. But continue. Yeah, uh, the thing that my therapist was pointing out is that isolation is really bad for your mental health. Um, and now we're all going to be subjected to much less social contact. Um, you know, we're going to be cooped up in our houses a lot more and really making sure that you focus on taking care of your mental health, particularly now is really important. It's something that we all need to be actively thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, there's like a meme going around right now that I think it's, it's a joke, but it's actually like legitimate. It's it said, I think. You know, we should all check on our extrovert friends right now because they're not okay. They're not. Um, <laughs> they are so not okay. I have uh, talked to my extrovert friends. They are not dealing with this well. No, no. No, like, you don't think about it because, like, I mean, the world is extroverted, right? Like, you go out and you do your job. You go to a place of work. You do your job. You are productive. An extrovert is somebody that outgoing, right? It, it yeah. when you get into more of the, the Jungian, uh, like, archetypes. Extroverts is a lot about, like, energy transfer. And, like, they they get energy from being around people. 
mm-hmm. like introverts, of course, like give away energy and we, we process our energy by internalizing and going home. And like, we, we, we think a long time and then we get our energy back and re- restore it. Like as an ATM. Um, I, I haven't even thought about that until now that you pointed out, like our extroverts must be just, I mean, Molly, my, my partner, she's an extrovert. Uh, she calls it being a, she calls it being a vampire, a social vampire or a, like a social succubus. Like she needs to, we'd have these moments when we were, we were in Milwaukee and like, she just need to go and sit in a mall, just sit in a mall <laughs> and just like be around people again and just absorb it. Uh, mm-hmm. she was the first person to kind of cue me into my big awakening yesterday was her talking to me. Because I didn't even, and now that, like, you mentioned this, I have gone back in time to go, oh, shit, that's what she was feeling. That's what she felt in a day earlier. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to come home and sit in my office and, like, paint models and play computer games. And she was the one that got me thinking. And now I'm, like, even more appreciating the extrovert plight right now of being isolated. And then, even regardless of introvert, extrovert, the, like struggle of being isolated when you have existing mental health health conditions yep it, it just it gives you time and space to just ruminate on everything negative in your life yeah plus we have a pandemic to deal with yeah. you know yeah yeah i mean and, and the, i mean it's 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 crazy it, it's it's so weird because I, I was running back through my mind. I didn't want to make this the COVID episode, but here we are. Like, I was running back through my mind other global events, you know. Um, 9-11 and, and Y2K came kind of immediately to mind for me because they were mm-hmm. both, I was both beyond my formative years. I was old enough to really understand what was going on with those two. And I went, you know, with like Y2K... It was like I never took it seriously and then nothing happened. You know, like and with nine eleven, it was a serious moment, but then there was a thing to embody and be the enemy. With the virus, with a, a viral pandemic, who the fuck is the actual enemy? You can get mad at various states and governments for being incompetent and stuff like that, but when it gets right down to it, there isn't like just the one enemy. It wasn't like Cobra Commander just, like, hit the red button on a TV screen and now we're all subjected to a plague. And yeah. it's not hitting in, like, these comic booky, over-the-top ways. There's Memes make it funny and comic booky and over-the-top, but when it gets right down to it, it really is just, like, the difference of, like, I'm walking down the street doing my regular job and I don't see cars. And then I get that, like, sort of yeah. uncanny valley moment where I'm like, Normally, I see cars. It, it yeah, it, that's something that struck me. It was this progression over like the last, well, what's today Thursday? Like the last four days, the progression from on Monday, it was like, um, all of the schools in the state were closed down. Like I don't know what Our it was like for yeah, happening at various different places in different places. But I live in Connecticut. All of our schools were shut down on Monday. Um, And that's when, like, some of the restrictions and stuff started to hit. And 
I went out, I went to like the post office, I went to a doctor's appointment and I looked around and I'm like, it does not look like there's a pandemic happening here. And it was like surreal at the moment because it was like, I know there's something bad going on, but nobody else is acting like there's something bad going on. And then over the last few days, just like going out, doing errands and stuff, like I hit today and I went out and there was nobody anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, it got real. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody. Yeah. And and I'm not a, like a healthcare professional or anything. So this is all observational, but King of Heretics, uh, SARS, bird flu, swine flu, uh, MERS was the other, was the other one and so on. And this is the first time the world has been like, this is a threat uh, to overwhelm the healthcare system. It's the virulence. If you look at the like the rates, uh, SARS and MERS both got contained, uh, like pretty quickly, and they stuck kind of to their to, to their regions. Um, this is the first like uh, swine flu went global, but its virulence was very tame, and the death rates weren't super high, like um, comparatively speaking. As I recall, I was looking into the numbers, and like even if like. You know, the, the big take was, like, it's not as bad as the flu. It's like, well, it depends on what you measure it on. It's like, we can't handle right now. Like, our, our we're kind of, like, stretched to the brink as a, as a society globally at this point in terms of what we can handle. And we know flu season is this time period and, like, our hospitals are prepped for flu season and stuff like that. We can't handle double the flu. Like, we just, we're finding yeah. out very quickly that, like, that we're just, things are not adequate. So even if it's not that bad, it's just like, we can't handle twice not that bad. And that's what we're, yeah. we're discovering right now is like, we just can't handle twice not uh, twice not that bad. And like, that's for me is the sobering, that's the sobering detail. It's like, I'm like, this isn't that bad. What if it was that bad? <laughs> you know, like, because that's the next yeah. part of it. Uh, I mean, what if this was Ebola? We would be so fucked. Yeah. So fucked. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you're looking at like about a three percent uh, mortality rate, right? Like, that's actually pretty crazy. Like, if cars had a th- like, not cars, yeah. like if a seatbelt specifically manufactured in like vehicles had like a three or like a thousand people die at like public pools one year out of nowhere. Like, we know like this is how many people normally die at public pools, but just like suddenly a thousand people die in a month at po- uh, in public pools, we'd go. The fuck is going on? Are the chlorine levels off? Or like, you know, like, did we use the wrong tiles so people are slipping more? Like, you would just, your brain goes to that. And that's kind of what's going on, except this is imperceptible, like, can't, like invisible thing by for all intents and purposes. Like, somebody fucking coughs now, and I, like, I am the rational human who thinks that, like, this is fine, we're fine, and I go, the fuck? Like, I on a on a core level it's 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 gotten to me now and i'm like i'm oh, i'm fine I'm, I'm a positive dude i i'm i will be fine but i'm still finding myself with these accidental sort of reactions and yeah the real danger is that even if you don't catch it the healthcare system could become so bogged down that people with unrelated health issues could die due to lack yeah i get into a car accident all the beds are taken up by covid right now you know what do they do 
like it's 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 just you're finding this extra stress to the system and i think that's that's really at the core of what's going on so you know nurgle's probably going to win of the four counts what a lot of our hospitals were already um pretty stretched yeah 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 and 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 that's But the water makes the frogs gay. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, Chaos Bond. <laughs> yeah, if, if, you want, if you want some levity in the situation, if you love the humor of a good conspiracy theory, yeah, go check out InfoWars right now. Oh, man. <laughs> that That is just like, if you have that dark sense of humor oh, where I you do. can read this, crazy shit that some people believe that is like the the hub of conspiracy theories it is fantastic the the insane things that people are claiming is so good right now like i used to read that shit on 4chan right and like when i read it on 4chan i'm like nobody actually believes this is 4chan is all trolls but then it jumped to reddit and like people believe shit on reddit like yeah because they take it like an encyclopedia an interactive encyclopedia. It's like Wikipedia, except like, you know, some expert's going to get on there and do the thing. Like the whole, like QAnon and all that shit. I'm like, no, idiot is spreading on the internet now. It's supposed to make us smarter. <laughs> like, um, no, I mean, that's the thing is like, like you, you do the research right now and you're just like, God damn. Like that doesn't stop that feeling from stepping outside and going, where the fuck is everyone? And whether it's th- – there's the power of perception is really intense. Like, I don't want to go, like, go too philosophical, but you named your stream Radio Free Hammer Hall, so we're going to go philosophical. I know it was unintentional, but um, I don't want to go f- too philosophical, but, like, perception is becoming more and more – I'm becoming more and more aware that perception means way more than truth. Yes. Like it, it, the older, like I, like I really used to think that only the facts matter, and as long as you have the facts, like it doesn't matter. Like you are correct, and the facts are on your side. But it's like, what facts and evidence do you give people to care about facts and evidence? Furthermore, what facts and evidence do you give people to get them to care about your facts and evidence? Right when they have their own, it's 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 becoming like what people perceive as the more worthier facts. So this could be a government conspiracy hoax and all those like fucking info wars shit that was coming out like a week ago, that could be the truth. But does it actually kind of matter now that we're in this state right now? Yeah. And even like to the next level of that is like when you're in a situation like this, does the truth of where it came from even really matter? Like, that's a thing to deal with later. That's not for right now. Yeah, for right now, you're worried about your family. You're worried about your keeping the lights on, keeping your home. Like, you're worried about eating. You're worried about that stuff in reality. Um, By the way... You're worried about toilet paper. You're worried about toilet paper. I was just about to go there. (laughs) Beat me to the punchline. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were talking about the psychology of the toilet paper, and it's the the, uh, notion that, like, being unclean in a viral state. And so, like, what drove the, the toilet paper craze, apart from fake news saying that there was a toilet paper shortage when there wasn't, 
forcing a real toilet paper shortage. Um, on the distribution end, by the way, not the manufacturing end. Learn freaking basic commerce, people. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, <laughs> the uh, no, what what ended up happening was like, uh, like basically like people associated disease with with lack of cleanliness. So if you had said like there was a shortage of something else at that particular time, there wouldn't have necessarily been a run on it. But the fact that it was like toilet paper shortage, disease, the the brain just went, Gah! like I can't be unclean, and so it just it drove this thing in a vulnerable place for people to go. Um, so like, I'm still laughing at the toilet paper memes. Please continue to share them. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're bringing me levity in all of this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. The power of perception, and and how it affects reality. It doesn't matter that there was or wasn't a toilet paper shortage because people thought there was, and then there became one. I mean, that's that's a really powerful takeaway. It doesn't, in Age of Sigmar, it almost doesn't matter if Zinch is overpowered or not, if people perceive... Evocators is a better example. It doesn't matter if Evocators are overpowered or not, if everybody thinks Evocators and Gavbomb is overpowered, they're going to act like it is and it gets nerfed like yep it, it, like it, it's it i mean that's it, the power of perception is, is something again i've become increasingly more uh, aware of because i've always been the only the facts matter kind of guy i've been the only the stats matter kind of guy uh, to bring it way the hell back to the beginning of the show which is why i loved your take on on the stats don't matter meta like local meta versus tournament meta because kind of perception for me is what matters i think is you just and we can shape our perceptions on a on a local individual level within our especially our smaller community i can't do shit to shape people's perspectives on covid right now Yeah, I think that on a lot of things, like something I, I just sort of have landed on personally. Yeah. Um, I think you can't shake people's perception on a lot of things. Yeah. Like it is very, very hard to change somebody's mind on something. That's true. Unless they are a person that cares about the facts and you can that like their worldview is I want to believe the most correct thing and you feed them more information and they are ready, willing and able to change their mind. Yeah. Um, that's a very small piece of the population. Yes. Yeah, so Everybody else is like, I've got this set of ideas in my head and whatever doesn't fit, whatever pegs don't fit into this hole are not going in. You just jettison them. Yeah. 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 Be- I I also think it's it's um like with with COVID there wasn't preconceptions yet it was a new thing to make up your mind on right and yep. so like we didn't have existing we had existing bias but not really like existing facts and evidence and yada 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 we're like we compared it to SARS and swine flu and like we compared it to those things but we didn't have real like like sort of crystallized things yet and again i I gotta go back to my moment was actually standing in the i had a conversation with with uh with molly my partner of while i was getting ready to cook dinner realized we were short on a couple ingredients for dinner right like i was standing in the kitchen 
prepping pizza crusts to make homemade pizzas. And, oh, we need toppings for pizzas. That was, that was the whole conversation. And I, well, not the whole conversation, but that was the, the, the inception of the conversation. And then she changed the subject and she goes, are we going to be okay? And I'm like, of course, I'm just going to go buy toppings, right? Like, but what she actually was asking is like, are we financially going to be okay? And for the first time, someone in my direct inner circle was concerned. Because like, yep. Colin's been out of school since Monday, our, our son. Uh, like, so that was like a physical thing. But it, it had it fully processed because you're like, oh yeah, it's going to be a couple weeks. They're just doing spring break early. He'll go back to school. It'll all go back to normal. And then she goes like that. And then like, I started to process... Okay, people aren't working. Uh, I'm technically essential, so I am working. I'm even working overtime. And, like, my brain just started going and going and going. We had, oh, yeah, we're going to be okay. Fine, cool, me being the optimist. Um, And then I went to buy groceries now. The introvert, alone with his thoughts, processing everything. And then I'm standing there in the aisles, and everything's picked clean. And I didn't grab a cart or a hand basket. I'm holding a bag of pepperonis. And a jar of, of black uh, black olives and just like, you know, in the one hand. And I'm looking around at like just an empty store. And I've never seen it before. And that for me was the moment where I went, things are different right now. <laughs> like I just, that was the moment. Yeah. I just went, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, what happened for me was um, my wife is a teacher. And. So this sort of started like beginning of last week and, you know, stuff started to kind of get bad and um, there was like sort of emails starting to go around her school that were like, you know, you know, if we have to shut down, we, we have to start making a plan and we have this plan in place. Um, you know, we're not going to shut down the schools until there's, you know, a student or a faculty member that gets COVID-19, then we'll shut it down. And then literally two days later, they're like, yeah, we're shutting it all down. Mm-hmm. Like nothing has happened yet, but we're shutting it all down. And then on Monday, we get the order from the governor that anybody's that still has schools open has to shut them all down. That yeah. Day. yeah. It was it went from there might be a problem. We're thinking about coming up with a plan to deal with the problem. Maybe to we're shutting down the schools in like three days. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it, it, it went zero to 60 real quick is what uh, Alex here in chat says, Mr. Reliable. Um, and did I just type a sneeze? <laughs> Heretic says praise be to the great horned rat. We still have pizza stuff. Yeah. I still had pizza topics. Like, not a problem. I don't know what these plebeians are complaining about on the internet. I was able to buy pizza toppings in a pinch. Um, <laughs> p- computer virus dad jokes, LOL. And I like what Chaos Spawn says here. Essential industry should just be federalized, just like the eight points. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that we keep bringing it back to Age of Sigmar. Because this is this is how the nerd brain works, doesn't it? Like, you, you loop in your nerdery and, oh, man. That's fantastic. But yeah, so, so we, we've talked about COVID. I feel like we kind of, I feel like I've personally cleared the air because I've been holding on to this shit in my head for a long time. So I thank you so much yeah. for letting me talk 
honestly, to letting me talk about it because I'm like, like I just, it's hard to it's hard to deal with. Like we obviously we had Adepticon canceled, and you go, oh no, Adepticon's canceled. But then you're like, but then it 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 moves beyond the game and into the bigger picture, and yeah. And, like, it's not just, like, I'm losing my fun free time thing. Like, now my life is getting hit. You know, like, my right. m- my life. And and don't get me wrong, Age of Sigmar is life. Uh, but, like, but Molly's life and my kids' lives are being hit. And, and now it's, like, it, it it's it's just, it's different now. And, yeah. uh, and so now you're supposed to convince me that Nurgle is better. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Grandfather Nurgle is blessing everyone. Yeah, right blessing now. everyone. Well, what... I I think there's a positive here. By the way, I do think Grandfather Nurgle is helping us because uh, going all the way back to that Rantcast 19, we get sad. Like there isn't. An, we look at emotion. There aren't bad emotions per se. We just look at them as positive right. and negative emotions, right? Sadness. Yeah. Depression even a manic state, they're not bad. Sadness causes you to go, something isn't right, I should change it, right? In a, in a short-term yeah. sense, a healthy sadness. Uh, you know, depression and, and, and bipolar depression become long-term conditions that you're, you're constantly dealing with and the chemicals kind of take over. But, like, sadness in and of itself as, like, a human emotion isn't a bad thing. It, it makes you go, something isn't isn't right right now and then you you seek to change it in a sense i think that's that's just kind of like i feel like that really is nurgle like at the the basic sense and right now if covid19 is nurgle's will i think nurgle is telling us that something isn't right in society not that like this is the apocalypse but like Maybe our infrastructure, how we've handled our hospitals at capacity with existing other shit, maybe that wasn't good to go. You know, right. may, maybe testing or access. I don't, I'm not smart enough to know what wasn't right, but that's what the sadness causes me to do in my personal life is it makes me sometimes think way too much about bullshit. But right now, I think that's what's going, what, what has to happen is you can learn Papa Nurgle's lesson and go, what wasn't right, and what can we fix? And I think that there's a positive there. Yeah, and I think, um, personally, I'm going to go on the record on the internet saying this right now, but I've been saying it for the last, like, week or so. Oh, shit. I think... (laughs) Oh, shit. I think that... (laughs) Sorry, continue. I'm just getting hyped. For, <laughs> I'm getting hyped for this. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I've been saying that this is our next 9/11 level event. Okay. Um, and 9/11 opened our eyes to a lot of problems that we just never thought about. It's true. And this is going to open our eyes to a whole new set of problems. I think. And I, I think, in some ways, this is going to be worse than 9/11 was. Wow. Oh, so, so what do you mean worse? Like, I mean, nine eleven killed two K. What, like three thousand people? Yeah, three thousand people. And, all of a sudden you know, yeah, and, and it, but it for most people in their average day to day lives, it really had no impact other than making people afraid. Yeah. 
but this is like actively changing everybody's life mm-hmm. um i think it's going to be a much bigger deal like in the long term in the bigger picture than 9-11 was okay okay no i, I get what you're saying yeah, I mean, it's it's a like, 9-11 was something that, like, happened to America, and then we got the world, the globe sympathy. Uh, sorry, chat gang here, not to mention this is a global crisis. Um, right. Not to men- like, 9-11, like, it, it, the Trade Centers wasn't just Americans, it was a bunch of people. I think it was, like, 3,000 all said and done with, like, safety workers and uh, that. And then, plus, you have the additional people who died in the actual... Uh, what is it engagement to follow because it was it wasn't officially a war i i still don't think um like it, like there were a bunch of people died but it wasn't like in real time everywhere around you type thing it was this distant yada 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 and i do think that 9-11 taught us a a, a lesson in sort of interconnectivity of like territory if that makes sense and like yeah. we the geopolitics of the Midwest or of, of the uh, Middle East have been a constant since the Cold War, but right. they, it wasn't a it wasn't real until nine eleven. You know, like like it, the 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 idea of the power vacuums and and the quagmire that is fighting wars. We have stories about the Crusades. Like we know that the the Cold War and the Russians and like. They essentially trained troops, and then we trained troops to go fight them. Like, but it wasn't real until nine eleven, because it, yeah. it didn't reach out from the Middle East until then. And so, yeah. like, I, I get what you're saying, and I, I really agree with it. But like, and and I think with the COVID thing, this ties into one of my points: is like we don't have a singular thing or person or entity or country to blame this time. You even can't even really say China because like. You know, like, the who was in there pretty quick, and they tried to... Like, it's it's hard to... You can't even say Trump whether you fall on one side or another of the of this administration. Like, you, there's not just this one fucking thing to, to catch the blame here. And so we yeah. just need to think about a, the globe. Maybe we'll finally realize that, like, global economics is actually a thing. Maybe that's at the very least what we'll... Because we've really been thinking, like, oh, no, just our dollar and their dollar. No, 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 no. It's all fucking connected, assholes. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe that's... Way more interconnected than most people want to admit to. Right, right. Like, uh, Garner, what was the Truman Doctrine, where, where you're just like, you know, fuck it, we're closing the borders, it's just us. That's not the way of the world anymore. I mean, I, I talk to people in Australia constantly on the internet for a show uh, in real time, even though they're in the future. And I've got you here from a completely different coast, like, talking. And it's like, it, we're, a, the world's a lot smaller than you realize. I think that's that's kind of one of the big takeaways. Yeah. And, and you can see that, like, this disease basically started in one city in China, and now it is all over the world. Like, it's on every continent except, like, Antarctica, which basically doesn't count, but it's it's on all of the populated continents. It's in almost every country in the world. It's now looking like it's worse in Italy than it ever was in China. Um, That's going to be a case study in itself to see what the fuck went wrong, honestly. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, because we're right now they're comparing our numbers to their numbers in terms of just kind of being behind 
in dealing with it. Mm -hmm. But we also have a like a we also have a much larger population, so comparing the raw numbers is kind of bullshit. But um, yeah, but like the virulence rate is is staggering. Like that's the thing is like it's just a lot of people are getting it. They've just found out that like twenties to or twenty four to forty year olds are equally as likely now, and that like once it's hit the now that it's global pandemic levels of basically dying so it's like actually you're not safe although i really love the boomer what was it the what was it the the boomer doomer narrative i thought that was really yeah. funny for a little while <laughs> the boomer scooper but no now it turns out like nope 24 to 40 year olds you're dying about as much now too uh sorry guys i i really wanted it to be funny and ha 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 but nope not not the truth anymore um yeah COVID, uh, COVID right now is when an Everblade, co Everblaze comet goes past your anvil and kills your support characters, and you stand there and fumble around for a new plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, and Italy just had a financial collapse a couple of years ago too. Like they, their yep. their economy collapsed. Um, and like, it it it's just like a cautionary tale in real time playing out on a small scale. And the rest of us as a world need to look and go, let's not fucking do that. Like we just yeah. need to like talk about playing a game with miniatures to learn the lesson or painting your minis to, to learn the lesson. We need to like COVID to learn the lesson, man. Like there it's the, this stuff's more connected than I think we, we, we've taken for granted how connected it is. And I think that's, I think ultimately that's my, my, that's my like lesson I would say is like, look, this shit's a lot closer. Global economies, travel, like it's, it's easy. It's a lot easier and a lot closer than you think. Um, yeah. And I do yeah. blame mumble rap, uh, heretic. Uh, yeah. Fuck, fuck mumble rap. Mumble uh, rap is the plague. It is horrible. It, it it is the reason that God wrought this upon us. I can find no flaws in that. Like <laughs> I can't. I'd be like, you're right. Everything was fine until mumble rap. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we were on a good trend anyway. Like gay marriage was legalized and stuff like that, and then like mumble rap, and like now fucking everyone's dying. Yeah, I need to go get Pat Robertson on board with this, that we're blaming this on mumble rap. I think I might be able to pull it off. Yeah, yeah, but then they, like, they turn it into, like, a weird, like, inner city thing, and... Well, no, but mumble rap is essentially the white guys trying to rap and sucking at it, and so then they, like... Yeah. <laughs> they fake it. <laughs> it's all douchebags on SoundCloud. <laughs> like, it's... it's all douchebags on SoundCloud. <laughs> Italy's infrastructure for medicine is like pre-book uh, Slaves to Darkness. It exists, but you're better off crossing the border to another faction. <laughs> I love that we can keep finding Age of Sigmar metaphors. But yeah, I, I want to bring uh, Nurgle real quick, real quick back to uh, this notion of like mental health. Um, isolation is really the tangent that got us on this. And I think yep. that is... It's, it's, we can't, I don't want to like over, over talk or, or pa pass over that point that, that isolation, um, I, I, anger is often short lived. I feel like sadness is pernicious 
It just it, yep. it just it's, it's tenacious. It just sticks around, and it it infests and it grows and and you know. Uh, how often are you the sad person and you're around someone who's sad and then they just become sad? I mean, like, I feel like there's that. But, like, your big take is that the manic side of that. So where does the manic half of that come in for for Nurgle? A little bit more back to the point. Like, it's not just enough to say that Nurgle is sadness, but that he is specifically this, this, this manic uh, part as well. Where do we see the manic? Um, I think you see the manic in the nerdlings, mm-hmm. uh, um, as well as um, the beasts of Nurgle. They're kind of described like puppies, mm-hmm. um, and, and puppies are just happy little things. They're bouncing all over the place and just want to play. Um, and Nurgle himself is very like he's Jovial. he's like. He's jovial. He's happy. He's he's on cloud nine all the time because his plans are just working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he, he's just very content with himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we've we've clearly solved the world's issues now that we've talked about all this. Is there any absolutely? Is there any like uh, like sort of message or lasting point? Because I feel like we ended up on this this COVID thing, and and we moved a little bit away from the, uh, the Nurgle sadness depression thing. But honestly, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's bad. I think we yeah. had a very natural progression of conversation. But I want to make sure that there's anything that you wanted to say that you get to say. Um, I think the big thing, particularly where we are in the world right now, um, you know, check in on the people that you care about make sure you're still staying in touch with the people that you care about. Um, And that's something that I think goes for all the time. You know, depression, one of the characteristics of depression really is like self-isolation. So if, you know, your friends sort of drop off the map, um, you know, that might be something to be concerned about that you're just not hearing from them. Um, And particularly now, even your friends that, you know, don't necessarily have any issues with mental illness, they might be having an acute mental illness issue because of, you know, the isolation that's going on, the um, anxiety that's caused by the situation. Um, you know, people just, you know, those extroverts that are just uh, being gray and they're not around people um, that they just don't know what to do. Um, you know, get out there, video chat with your friends, talk to your friends, make sure you stay in contact with people. Um, don't let people spiral into those holes of depression, especially right now. Um, but in general, like it's a thing to just watch out for um, with the people that you care about. Make sure that you are not letting people kind of fall off the face of the earth because that's usually an indicator that there's really something more going on that's a concern. Well, and, and I think it's, I mean, so you and I have chronic conditions, you know, like we've, yeah. like, uh, some folks that aren't, that don't have a chronic condition and they're suddenly having to deal with isolation and some of these feelings that you and I have like learned to cope or at least identify when they're happening. I think that's been a big part of my uh, journey with my mental health is, is identifying when I, I call it my spiral is when I begin to spiral, yep. like going, oh shit, like I'm hitting my spiral right now. And then I do the things I do to try to either distract or, 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 or 
mute them a little bit or to just generally cope it or to let it wash over me and just like handle it for a moment like and i say a moment but just be like okay this is what we're doing right now uh i'm not going to go to a party right now where i'll like snap at somebody and i'm not going to do these things i'm just gonna you know self-isolate right like i do sometimes that's a technique i use with my depression because i if i'm out around people when i'm a, a particular type of depressed i become very toxic and not a good person to be around i have the same issue yeah like it, it's just like i know i'm not like i i i my depression can turn into anger very quickly um you know i see that incongruence and i don't know how to deal with it because this this the simple answer is there's no way to deal with this feeling that i just get because sometimes my brain's just like fuck you today andrew like <laughs> you know, like um like it, 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 but like some people who who maybe aren't don't have a chronic mental health condition they might not know what's happening right now these these things that we cope with this is where like nurgle takes that sort of those qualities and becomes a superpower this is where if like you've got some mental health struggles yourself you have an opportunity to enlighten some other people by just reaching out a little bit yeah you know i know what this is like i've been here when the world is normal so like don't worry you know like it i i think that yeah. it's it's a very good not very good it's not good but like i i think that we we've learned a a decent lesson from our our, our ailments and you know we can't cure you or fix you or anything like that but we can commiserate and you know give you some support and and so i i think that there's a very I don't know. I feel like uh, like Nurgle ha- has empowered certain aspects of like the human psyche. I feel like my my I, my natural yeah. isolation and depression and all these introversion and all these things I normally deal with are kind of becoming superpowers that like I can help people with, and that's what I cling to to kind of see through this a little bit right now, personally. Um, yeah, I think that's it's definitely like a little bit of a a superpower that comes along with chronic mental health issues. Like if you're somebody that actually um, is taking care of it, goes to therapy, gets medicated, you know, it reads about stuff is self-aware about these things. um, You've developed a toolkit that a lot of other people simply don't have. And that toolkit is going to help you get through a situation like this that we're in right now with COVID-19 that a lot of people, they're not going to know what to do because they've never had to deal with these kind of emotions before, at least not in any like sustained Sustained. way. And we're in a unique opportunity now to be able to help people that are dealing with a more sustained, uh, feeling of anxiety, feeling of depression, all of those things. Um, you know, we know the coping skills and we can share those with people. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, I've been drinking beer all night tonight. That is not a coping skill. It's, (laughs) um, you, uh, uh, alcohol tends to, for me, lock me in the emotion I have. Um, so if I'm depressed, I will be depressed for an extended period of time. My mom, uh, so I still call her bipolar. I, I think the term. What is the accepted terminology now, by the way, so that I'm not. I up. believe it's. Uh, there's two forms of bipolar disorder that they have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, bipolar one and bipolar two. 
where bipolar one is the more uh, classic manic depressive and the bipolar two is more bipolar depression. Okay. So my mom would, would have been bipolar one probably from yeah. their dramatic swings and you're, and you're then bipolar two, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, my mom did the self-medicating thing. Um, part of the reason why, like, I only drink and I've never done any of the drugs is because, like, I saw my mom's struggles and I went, I'm picking one because I'm not strong enough to, like, resist all of the urges. And if I was holding a can of beer, people wouldn't offer me other shit. And I never, like, I didn't think I was strong enough to, to like, resist all temptation. I thought that I had my mom's ailments and stuff like that. Um, so, like, I, I, I drink and yada 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 um but like the point is is like my mom reached out to like self-medication and i think that's a very real struggle with all mental illness i used to think it was like the biggest characterization of bipolar is that you self-medicate and i'm like i've come to learn that that's not true um yeah and so you want to help encourage healthier habits painting minis by the way pretty sweet habit <laughs> In in place of some of these other heinous things. So, yeah. And if you, uh, you know, if you learn to manage the manic side of things, uh, that becomes a superpower too. Like if you can just focus it into a thing that's useful. Like when I have a manic episode now, I usually just clean. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it yeah. that's just what happens i get manic i clean everything it's like i, I don't know it's like being uh um god what was that like is it like uh meth that everybody goes and cleans shit yeah yeah, yeah. like uh the uh the jim carrey sketch where like uh ride the snake and he's just selling you meth <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> um yeah no my my mom like good version mom cleans the house or throws me a birthday party bad version she moves our entire house and like date somebody new and like you know, so like my mom has yeah. some like heinous swings um no i i um i think that like like nurgle has taken that quality and turned it into like a power on the table i i think that we like mental health issues aren't they're not weaknesses if i if i have one thing to say about all of this like it's that whatever your 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 war is inside your head it's not a weakness as long as you have that that awareness and you're doing the things that you can do within your power to cope the healthy things uh counseling um proper medication if you need it depending on how what where you are on on, on like the swing of your chemicals right like whatever it takes and then like from there it's like you can harness the manic episodes to clean your house you can harness for me my depression to write some pretty great fucking stories like um it's the bad part of my depression is the paralysis that comes with my depression the anxiety that comes with my depression where i i just i seize up and i can't do anything that's the bad part of my depression um and the other part of it is knowing that is if, if you have these these persistent conditions you know obviously seek help sure i can't give you that on the internet um but you know talking can be useful and not letting it control you understanding that there is a barrier between you and the condition um and that can be liberating in and of itself if you just go it's not me right now 
it's this thing that I that's part of me that that I am and don't dread it or fear it because that makes it even worse I've learned that from experience um you know we talked early on and we really glossed over the glossed over it fast but uh, my depression has become just like a companion you know it just hangs out with me it's always kind of there um and like you know like sometimes me and my depression like throw high fives and stuff you know, like yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we make sardonic jokes and then like afterwards I'm just like snickering about it. Um I mean, my depression produces fantastic memes. It's true, the dank me you have one of the, the strongest meme games on the internet. It's like you and Doug Two Plus Tough have the, the two strongest meme <laughs> games I think of anyone I know. Yeah, and by the way, I just checked my Facebook account has been reinstated. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> is there a is there any uh, any last point any uh, any any soapbox moment you get out it could be related to the subject or anything else no i think we've basically hit everything i think this is this has been a good discussion i think we crushed it, it man like i don't i think we crushed it um yeah so uh so real quick uh where could people anything you want to put on blast you could be your show anybody else's and then where do people find you uh, so Radio Free Hammer Hall is the YouTube channel at PMC Math Hammer is the Twitter handle. Uh, you can just search my name on Facebook. I friend pretty much anybody that wants to, uh, you know, come hang out with me on Facebook and deal with my barrage of memes. Um, and coming up soon on Radio Free Hammer Hall, I'm planning on starting a new weekly show. Um, that's going to be kind of uh, just kind of having fun with Age of Sigmar and the topics in general to taking things at, um, you know, talking about the game in a serious way, but um, not taking ourselves that seriously at the same time. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's a joy in nerd discussion, right? Who would win? Yeah. Who, who would win Batman or Wolverine? You take it serious. Yeah. But at the back of your mind, you know that it's bullshit. And that... Yeah. 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 That's... Yeah. I, I think really embracing the joy of nerdiness is where the show is going to land. I love that. I love that. And uh, I just want to mention, because I do want to end things on a, on a slightly higher note. Uh, you know, Akon canceled next week. Sucks ass. But a ton of content creators are coming together. Uh, we're going to get a full docket of Age of Sigmar content over the course of the weekend. There will be a Discord channel to hang out in and a hashtag, Adepticon, hashtag Adepticon at home. Uh, AOS Coach is helping out with, uh, with, some of, uh, with some of the logistics of it. Uh, he's got a show going. I've got a show. I think you've got one. Uh, if not, get one. <laughs> yeah um, oh, the, the pilot for the new weekly show is going to be on that weekend Ooh, look at that the pilot episode everybody you gotta tune into that so we're gonna we're gonna yeah. stack the content back to back to back to back all weekend long give you opportunities to to hang out play the game you love talk about what you love there'll be a discord for banter with multiple channels set up i believe chuck moore mr strength hammers hand, uh, handling uh, uh taking care of that and uh, there's the other part of COVID is like, what do you, what do gym rats do right now, man? Speaking of extra extroverts, like, what do you, I don't know, man, that's a different topic. Anyway. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to be bringing you as much content as we, we physically are capable of next week um, to celebrate, honestly, the community. 
It's not about us, it's about you. We, we, we want to have this common ground for everybody who would have been at Adepticon or would have been wishing they were at Adepticon to just have some sort of marathon weekend event. Like, almost like the old school telethons. Um, and just, uh, and just do that. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess that's all I got. Uh, yeah. Chat gang, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. You're the show within the show. Uh, you keep us going. This was a fantastic discussion. Uh, I hope it brought some levity, uh, some happiness, some, some joy and, you know, whatever. Uh, to get you through uh, through through the week till the next rank cast anyway paul man thank you so much thank um, you for having me on man it's been awesome this is i'm gonna tell you right now this has already jumped onto my top five favorite rank casts um i awesome i had a blast and i think we talked about some just great stuff so good night everybody yeah. thanks for hanging out